Welcome. Welcome to episode 52 of the ADV podcast. Guys, we have a big one for you today, as usual. Um, and we're just going to jump right into it. Are we? What are you, uh, Philip DeFranco? <laughs> no. This no, is our new thing, is when you say something and I say, what are you, this? This has like, become our thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we, so let me... Yeah. Yeah, you want to preface? Okay. Go, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I, sure. I found these. I'm joking. No, I wanted um, to jump right into it, but you, you can, don't. You can, I don't. I like to wade into it. You <laughs> okay. know why? Because I used to be a swimmer. Right, right. And you, the last thing you want to do at five in the morning before practice is jump right into the freezing cold water. Right. Poverty is what we're talking about today. Yes. We're actually talking about the fact that China has declared victory over extreme poverty and uh, how it's actually just a bunch of nonsense. And unfortunately, China has not actually one over extreme poverty sure. in china you know most people are too poor to afford such fancy drinks like this i actually got a transparent can it's called a transparent can <laughs> okay. i think you also are rich enough to afford transparent drinks as well it's a new thing transparent drinks as in water let's anyway let's please uh move on so <laughs> i don't we're, wanna we're going to <laughs> talk about what's new and we we talk about new things in china usually you know uh, but we wanted to bring it something a little bit uh, kind of funny, comical, I suppose. We always do that. Why do you always have to preface? You're the one that doesn't jump in. You're the one that wades into everything. Watch this, guys. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so, so I found yeah, these. Seymour came across these really funny things. You want to explain what yeah, it is? Yes, so I found mm. a couple of these on TikTok, and I did some Googling. Right. Or some Baidu-ing. Mm. And it turns out the I found a bunch of videos that are... Um, for Chinese work, workplace safety. Right. And there's a saying in China. It's called... Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, Anshan Di means like the safety is number one. Yeah, right? safety first, really. It, it is safety. That's actually first. what it means. Now the yeah. thing is, there's nothing special they about that. They didn't come but, up with that. You no, know? but we came up with <laughs> yeah, something. Sure, we sure. always say Anshan Di San. Yeah, Anshan Di San, which yeah. means safety is third, third yeah. because it's usually money, mm-hmm. and I would say probably guanxi, like connections, yeah. and then then safety. We've yeah. had our fair share of safety problems within China. It's one of the least safe countries I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, it's just insane. So these yeah. are these these safety training videos, especially for these laborers, are mm-hmm. are welcome, mm-hmm. are welcome because of how dangerous it is. But they're yeah. very funny too. I, I mean, you know, before we move on with these, just remember when we had our motorcycle shop. Yes. You know, there's no such thing as safety standards or anything like that. We were just welding things, cutting things up with no goggles. No one will ever care. No one cares, right? I've seen people. We see them all the time, welding without a welding mask, just welding and looking at it as or they're doing a like restaurant, or like a restaurant menu with some glasses in there. Yeah, we um, should've got that. I've got a, I've got a footage of that. I know, that. I know. Yeah, we should've put it in, put it in. Uh, You know, when they install an air conditioner, a guy will be like 30 stories up and climb out a window just tied with a piece of rope. Yep. You know? <laughs> oh, I tell myself I'm surprised. Yeah. No, seriously, like sometimes they'll be wearing a safety harness, but they'll literally just have a piece of rope and another guy holding the rope. Mm-hmm. It's... I've seen some crazy stuff. I've actually filmed some crazy yeah. stuff. Uh, maybe next week we'll we'll show you some of these things. But anyway, sure. let's get into what you found here, which are these uh, safety videos. Yeah, you can probably right. move us or something. We're you kind of blocking. Us? Yeah, I guess we'll we'll get out of here so okay. people can watch. You ready? We'll go blow by blow, each okay. one. So. I love the replay of the music. I know. Yeah. So with this one, you can go back. You can scroll back a little bit. Yeah. With this one, he's forgot to latch something. That brought me back another footage I wish we put in here. It was when my roller coaster wasn't latched yes, in, in Vietnam. Vietnam. 
Yeah. That could have happened to me. What is he doing, by the way? It looks like he's trying to throw more lights on the trees or he's something. He's in a cherry picker. You know how they do that in China? They always put those white lights on all the trees. Sure. Usually around festivals, people yeah. are putting up lanterns or whatever. So he's 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 bit the dust. I just love the replay. Oh! Me too. <laughs> I like that he hit the, they actually put in the effort to hit for him to hit the ladder too on the way down. Yeah, that's a lot of work. So what's our next one here? Let's find out. Nice. <laughs> hey, at least yeah. he had a helmet on. At I, least he had a helmet on. Yeah, I know, but it goes to show, look left and right before you cross Well, let's see if he did look. I just want to see if that's the lesson. I'm assuming that would be the lesson. He absolutely did not he look. He didn't look. look. He just see. went straight. He just... He, he He's looked looking. When, he only looked when it was falling on his head. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess he'd look then. Oh, because this guy's blocked. He's censored by his own bar. Oh, yeah. Bumper or whatever the hell that is. Okay, anyway, let's, uh, okay. <laughs> let's this, move on to our next one. This one looks juicy. Okay, let's see. No pun intended. <laughs> Why is he kicking the belt? Stuck, I guess. Oh! Oh! Yeah, okay. So that was a oil donkey. Yeah. And oil donkeys are probably quite treacherous, to be honest. Yeah. We've seen fields and fields. We've seen the largest oil fields in the world, haven't we? Or in yeah, China, at least. in China, for sure. Yeah, we we drove past them during conquering northern China. Yeah, we filmed. I remember, like nearby, there were tons of little crickets on the ground, and you guys were. There are grasshoppers. There are sorry, everywhere. Grasshoppers. Millions of them. Yeah, but you guys were like running around trying to get macro b-roll of because there was so many yeah but we never used it and no. i was just sitting there I like what cool. are you idiots doing cool. running around after grasshoppers there was three against one where you yeah. you were the only one that thought that wasn't interesting and so obviously the obviously not it because it didn't make it into the show so well, it wasn't just enough. me i thought it was interesting at the time <laughs> anyway yeah the, the the thing is a belt driven one like this with an electric motor i don't suppose you should be kicking the belt anyway i heard those cost about a million dollars to set up but mm -hmm. then you're no two hundred fifty thousand dollars set up but you can make like a million after four years in the u.s okay. Oh, I interesting. Just, just throwing that out there. Cool. All uh, right. Okay, let's see the next one. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Oh! Oh! <laughs> What's he doing? Oh! 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 Oh, man! Right. Oh, man! That one is gruesome, dude. I'm glad they censored it. Me too, but I just don't quite understand what went wrong. Well, it's he, a two-hit uh, combo, really. He... Oh, he tripped. I see. Oh, let's see. He like tripped over the whatever this railing is. Right. Wait, he tripped and then hit the wall and then the wall collapsed on him. Okay. Okay. So why is that wall so flimsy? I guess they didn't put up enough supports or whatever. You know, uh, okay. chopped all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, this is another thing. Is there's like so many people every year in China that die in coal mines. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's actually a real problem. It's one of the most dangerous things mm. you can do. But yeah, and then he gets smoked by the. You Wait, know, is crusher. he just laying down, just like ready for it? Look yeah, at him. He's yeah, just he kind of like he fell down. He's like, okay, well, you know, resign myself to my fate. <laughs> you know, that, that's him. That's terrible. All right, let's see what's next over here. Yeah. Let's do it. What are they doing? Pulling the cable? cables. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> the oh, wow. Yeah. The music yeah. is what gets me. Yeah. yeah. That one see that one's that one requires a lot of bad things to happen at once, really. Yeah, but it's, it's very straightforward common sense uh workplace safety. And I've 
there's a lot of construction sites in China. Obviously, it's massive. Everywhere you go, it doesn't matter what city you're in, there are new buildings being built. There's some kind of construction going on. And you do see the signs up there everywhere that say Antrendi. And, uh, you know, they do, at least in Shenzhen, they would try their best to make sure people are wearing a hard hat and things like that. But it's one of those things that kind of, after a short time, you start to see people just not caring. If right. they can get away with not following safety procedures, sure. they won't, especially if you move out of the bigger cities. And uh, workplace, um, you know, especially factory injuries are massive. I used to train doctors in this one um, hospital in Shaojing, and its specialty was hand uh, injuries. Right, I saw and that. You took me there. Yeah, it it was um not to get worked on. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was horrible because I I mean, I say horrible, but it's just a, a harsh reality because I would go in there once a week. It's quite a long journey, it take me about an hour and a bit to get there from where I used to live. Anyway, I go in there once a week to go and train a group of the the doctors there and every time I went in there cuz the their little like auditorium room that we used to do our training in was just part of the hospital. It wasn't like separate from the actual patient rooms. It was down the same corridor where people were being treated and like recovering. And every time I'd see these horrendous like mangled hands yeah. and and the fact of the matter is that that hospital was specialized in repairing damaged I know. I, hands. I saw the sign. I remember when you were going by it and I was like, you were like, this is where I train doctors for hand injuries or whatever. And I was like, yeah, let's go meet at the hand hospital. Like, who's, who's ever said that? Yeah. Like a hand hospital? Yeah. But the thing yeah. is, in that, in that area in particular, there are a lot of factories. And so that's why I get why it. I get there. why. They yeah. all get mangled and chewed yeah. up. And anyway, that, the whole when we were looking at those uh, mm -hmm. very funny videos, yeah, it was more of a realistic thing to me. Like, it was bringing back some really bad memories of videos or things I've seen in reality in China. Yeah. And so I'm picturing these. It's really bad CG, but I'm really picturing what's, what I've seen. Yeah, you know. It's scary. <laughs> that's one thing that you don't really get exposed to maybe in the beginning era of the internet you'd see like terrible sure. things you know there'd be people sharing things that were just like horrendously gruesome and mm. all that kind of thing but also remember in the beginnings of the internet there wasn't very efficient compression and stuff so you couldn't get a lot of video mm. you'd see pictures and things but in china if you've got wechat Oh, man. Man, you get sent videos. People share them out like wildfire of people getting, like, just killed, uh, you know, in, in factory accidents. Or you'll Horrible. see, like, an explosion or you see whatever. And you, you see a lot of death on WeChat, yeah. you know? Death, Obviously, yeah. yeah, depending on the, the groups you're in. But, you know, people just share this stuff without warning. And it's yeah, not Yeah, it'll very... be in, like, groups with, like, old family members and stuff, though. Yeah. They'll share this. It's not for fun. They're like, oh, yeah. be careful. And they'll play, like, sad music and someone's head's getting... Yeah, exactly. Someone, tire. Someone's getting run over or whatever. Right. You see a lot of this death on WeChat. It's quite crazy. Um, yeah. I just thought we'd put that out there. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, anyway. so uh, we're going to hit our next segment in a, in a minute. We're going to go into our main thing, which we're talking about the whole poverty thing in our soft power hour, but we're going to answer some super chats first. Sure. So, what uh, Charles Womack says, mm -hmm. any update on Tim Castro Rogan podcast appearances? I've been leaving comments on both their channels in hopes of them reading them. Uh, Joe Rogan, no. Yes, on Tim Kessa. We finally, finally, to crush the meme, to yeah. squash the meme, um, we got in touch with... What happened was Lydia, I can't remember mm -hmm. her name. I think that was her name. Mm -hmm. She was the talent manager for Tim Pool. Yeah. She had contacted me on Twitter DMs, and I had to actually never open my Twitter DMs. I had no idea. I don't use Twitter. Yeah, but she also contacted you on, on something else, didn't she? A while before yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying this the, the last thing where everyone expected me to find... Yeah, was in the Twitter DMs, which I was like, I, I, I've never opened those before. Sure. Anyway, um, after we get vaccinated, we're going to fly to his studio. 
Yeah. So we'll let you guys know about that. Yeah. Um, Darvell Long says, how do you feel about conspiracy theorists coming up with fictitious things about the CCP when there's already enough legitimate messed up things? Yeah, that, oh, that, that's a good point. That actually bothers me. Me too. Because it takes away focus and it muddies the water. You know, we should True. be focusing on the things that are real. You that's know? the problem is that there's very mm -hmm. little accurate information. We like to be a couple of the voices that give you accurate information about that. Yeah. And it's tough. I'm not telling you not to trust anything else, but it's very tough when there's a much bigger agenda behind some of these yeah. things. And the conspiracy theory stuff really doesn't help. Yeah. So stay tuned to us. The most <laughs> important, best CCP news. <laughs> Is that what we are, CCP news? Make up your mind, uh, you know. Dave, yeah. Keep an open mind. <laughs> yeah, but it's tough. Sometimes yeah. it's tough. Yeah, it is. Uh, Dave, have you all thought about a daily live stream? What the heck are you on about, Dave? Yeah. That's crazy. Unfortunately, uh, our schedule's too busy for that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, Once a week isn't, isn't enough. Yeah, no and, shit. It's, that would be ridiculous. And uh, we like to make sure that we have decent content to put out. We don't want to just make videos for the sake of making yeah. them. There has to be a purpose behind them. We're usually, we usually we usually have like way too much content yeah. to be honest. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, keep exposing the CCP hugs and kisses. Thank you very much. Thank appreciate you, it. Appreciate yeah. it. And one more from our early early boys and girls. Mm -hmm. Jay Leo says, uh, "Do famous Uyghurs like these people? Has he named etc. Care or have any opinions on Uyghur treatment or camps back in their home province? Well, they don't have they don't have an opportunity to ever speak out. Their career is over, and they'll end up there if they say yeah. anything about it. Absolutely. And if they're abroad, if they speak up against these kind of things, there'll be massive repercussions against Huge. their family. China's uh, friends, got a lockdown properly. Yeah. yeah. Properly. It's an unfortunate situation. You have to realize how desperate it is. Um, and you think about it from your perspective. So say you're American and you travel abroad and you, you immigrate to another country. Let's say, I don't know, you go and immigrate to India and you're living in India. Um, and you know that back in America, there's terrible things happening to your family. But if you were to speak out against that, then your family would definitely be I don't know, put into Guantanamo Bay or something like, along those lines. So you don't speak up because you don't want your family to be affected. You kind of want them to just suffer along in their lives, but at least not get put in prison or disappeared or tortured or whatever. Sure. You know, and so you keep quiet because you don't want your family to be hurt. Um, and that's how China controls dissidents and people overseas and, and, you know, the diaspora abroad is they know that they have a lot of family still in China. And if they step out of line, they lean on the family. And that usually shuts people up because you don't want to be responsible for the, the imprisonment of your family, who's got nothing to do with your actions, or the deaths or torture of your family, which has nothing to do with your actions. But you see, it actually does have something to do with your actions. That's what the CCP does. That's what they're so successful at doing is they make it your fault. If you do something that they don't like, it affects your family. It's, it's a terrible situation. Right. Anyway, yeah. somebody on the on the line of um, mm -hmm. the the conspiracy theories, they said Chase Wilson said, "What do you uh, what uh, what do you know about the mutant beavers in Siberia, you hacks?" <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, good. So we're going to hit our main uh, segment, which is Soft Power Hour, where we talk about how China is changing your mind and using little tricks and uh, basically pulling the wool over your eyes. Sure. So, and we've got a big one today, and that, of course, is this whole poverty thing. You may have heard it in the news. In fact, let's take a, a look at some of these headlines that we've been seeing um, in, in big publications. Obviously, we've got Xinhua, which is China. Okay, so you expect this. But then, you know... I'm just what? looking at the picture right now, and I just was about to say, she's coming between us. Then it makes it sound like we're in a bizarre love triangle. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> very, very she's coming between us, yeah. guys. Um, 
but we've got BBC, we've got Al Jazeera, Reuters, all these. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, to be fair, I mean, like it's it's saying she, she China she declares victory. Yeah. It's not saying that they did. Do well, it, the fact right? of the matter is. Um, it's gotten out there. Yes. Everybody yeah. in the world has seen this headline, more or less, no matter what country you're from. And so if you don't look into it or if you're just kind of like browsing through or even if you do read the article, you probably see that headline and think, wow, China did a great thing. Yeah. As a passing person, like it's, yeah. it does more damage than good, to be honest. Yeah. It's like, OK, we don't need to worry about that anymore. Yeah. It's all done. It's done yeah. and done. There are no more poor people in China. People are all taken care of. It's great. China did a good job. Move on, you know? You guys better get ready for Seamilk's Math Corner. Okay, Seamilk's Math Corner. I'll try and help you out by interjecting when necessary. Break sure. it up a little bit. So um, one thing I wanted to, to quickly point out before you get into your Math Corner is... Sure. Xi Jinping said... Xi Jinping Shuo. Yeah, Xi Jinping Shuo. <laughs> no other country had alleviated poverty to the extent that China has in such a short time. Now, this is what he said over here. Okay. Anyway, you want to get stuck in? Sure. Can you scroll to the next page? I will do so. So I've put together a, a bit of a timeline here, okay? Mm -hmm. And what we have to first look at is the 18th CPC Nan National Congress. Yeah. And uh, actually it can be also called the National People's Congress, which I find hilarious if the uh, acronym is the NPC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so wait, before you get stuck in, sorry to inter interject here. Sorry. Why? Why did China suddenly come out now and say sure you know we've beaten what, poverty like why 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 now because they could have done that last year sure the the language is so important they said yeah. it, it's been totally eradicated yeah but why did it's they say that now why completely why did they choose this time the reason is in 2012 at the 18th national NPC. congress the yeah. NPC congress uh, and that was when the <laughs> yeah. leader was actually um well hu jintao made this yeah. made the speech was he said by 2021 by 2021, mm -hmm. all poverty, extreme poverty at least, in China will be have been eradicated, right? right? And China's never, ever missed one of its goals, whether it's five-year plans, 10-year plans, China never misses those goals. It misses them all the well, time. Well, misses but... all the time. My point is like publicly, <laughs> yeah, they publicly. always say that we had to do this. So if Xi Jinping didn't stand up and say, hey, we actually eradicated poverty, if he didn't do that, then they didn't complete one of their goals which means there's no real legitimacy for the communist party trying yeah. to exist can i give right. you an analogy here sure um say my new year's resolution is by march i am going to weigh 78 kilograms okay so i gotta stand on my scale and i'm weighing like 98 or whatever which is more or less what i weigh accurate. anyway <laughs> yeah. so anyway this, this is this is the, the the this is the goal right this okay. is my new year's resolution sure. so march rolls around i stand on the scale and I'm like, I'm 95. So I've mm -hmm. only lost a little bit, right? But I made that resolution and I want to prove to everyone that I stuck to my resolution. So what do I do? I move the weights on the scale so that, it, you know, you know, those kind yeah, of, yeah. so that it says 78 kilograms. And I just look at that and I say, hey, look, I, I made my resolution. I told you I'd weigh 78 by the time March rolled around. Well, look, I weigh 78. Meanwhile, I don't. I've just changed those weights. And this That's is legitimately what exactly happened. what's happened here. That's a good analogy because if you can continue on, on the yeah. slide here, I don't need this slide anymore. Next mm -hmm. one. We're going to look at this is the 18th uh, National Congress of Communist Party of China. So during this Congress, this yeah. is where um, Hu Jintao and co... Hu Jintao, yeah. by the way, was the leader of China before uh, Xi Jinping. It was so much nicer when he was in charge. He, he wasn't necessarily that. It's much not about him. Better, but it's, yeah. It's, it's just, just that China was operating in the uh, with Jiang Zemin was operating in that gray area where a lot of evil things that the, this Communist Party of China was capable of. Yeah. They were capable of all of these things that yeah. Xi Jinping could do. However, they weren't doing a lot of them. 
right? right. It was absolutely not a free country. No. Don't get me wrong. No, no, absolutely no. not a free country. But it was definitely on the trajectory of maybe they're going to liberalize. Sure. It looked and, better. It yeah, looked and actually, better. to be honest, when people were talking about Xi Jinping being the next dude in power, mm -hmm. they were thinking he was going to be the guy that liberalized the country. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Were they wow, wrong? Wow, were they wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Holy Mao 2.0. Why is he wearing the same colored tie and stuff as me? Ah, yeah. oh, crap. Did you guys color coordinate again? It's possible. So, um, anyway, so this is the 19th. Uh, Congress, right? The NPC. NPC. <laughs> yeah, I know. Make your own jokes at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the NPC here this is an absolutely sinister looking job of the hut, dude. Yeah. Sitting in the middle <laughs> yeah. there. What an absolute wanker. Yeah. And you see all these masked uh, folk yeah. in this in this Congress. So anyway, they had to make this. Uh, they basically cover their their goals, their progress, and their goals. Sure. What their goals are going to be in the future. Look at this little. He just I just hear Jabba the Hutt in yeah. my head. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. He creeps me out, dude. Yeah. He's just sick. Anyway, this is Lee Keqiang. Keep this guy in mind when we yeah. go through our math corner. Sure. Uh, but anyway, so Xi Jinping gets up and he goes, okay, it's 2021. Mm -hmm. It's done. All the poverty's gone, guys. Don't worry about it. And yes, if you look, this is a graph from the BBC article. Yeah, okay? let me get us out of there for a second. If you look at this, mm -hmm. it looks pretty nice. Let's, let's break this down. Sure. So 1990 is where this graph starts. Now in 1990... It says about 750 million people, so more than double, or more than half the population sure. of China was living in poverty, right? Yeah. Less than $1.90 per day. Now, get that through your head. That's very little money. Sure. Okay, now that is the World Bank standard of, of very low-income countries. Sure. So we're talking about African countries. Right. Um, not the or rich ones, the, the poor ones. ones yeah, any impoverished saying. countries. Yeah, like some of the South American countries, yeah, right? Yeah, Um so back then, that was it looks like it was very poor, right? And it goes down and down and down to the point where there's barely any anybody living on a dollar ninety a day, yeah, right? Exactly. Now here's the problem: is you got to keep one thing in mind: is a dollar ninety a day by the World Bank standards, even back in 1990, you have to change inflation. Even if you know yeah. economics and stuff, you have to change inflation completely differently here because. Yeah. A dollar ninety a day in nineteen ninety in China would get you a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, you could get a bag of rice. Yeah, enough stuff to like keep your family going yes. for a month. Yes, you know it's it's crazy. Even even since I got to China, when I got to China in uh, February of two thousand six, right. right? So I got to China in two thousand six. I remember you could buy like a meal for about uh, one one and a half RMB, and I'm talking about just like a. Uh, this is cents, some, by yeah, the way. Yeah, just cents. Yeah, like so, you get a, cents, you get rice, a portion of rice, and some slop, whatever mixture of vegetables. Keep you alive. Yeah, but I mean that's nothing. No. And so yeah, a dollar. So a that, dollar, was a, that was an 05, 06, right? That was 06, yeah. So and, think about that. But it's not like that anymore. No. You can't just go get that. No, 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 you, no, no, that no, no, same no. that same lunchbox thing that you could get is going to cost you at least around about eight to ten RMB for like the most. And I'm talking about like leftover scrapings of the floor. Like sure. this, this stuff is not good. No, this no, is no. Like it'll second, make you sick. Secondhand rice that's been from a restaurant or something being repurposed. But you know, you can now get that same lunchbox for around about eight to ten RMB. So sure. that's a massive jump. In yeah, the, think the about think that about that. So you're talking about yeah. you're literally talking about a hundred times or not a yeah. hundred times, ten yeah. times ten more times. expensive. Yeah. So 10 times more expensive for this little lunchbox you're talking yeah. about. Now, this is even just keeping in mind, like, okay, inflation. Okay, we've adjusted our numbers. Yeah. But to go take that back to 1990, yeah. that's what makes that even more wildly crazy. Back mm -hmm. in 1990, my wife's parents made about 30 to 50 RMB per month. Yeah. Per month. And they still survived. Sure. So you have to keep in mind how much stuff costs back then, right? Mm -hmm. The actual cost of products. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that there isn't some progress here. There is. But here's the issue. 
China is going around using this uh, metric for extreme poverty at $1.90 a day, but the World Bank disagrees because even if we use the World Bank's standard, yeah. China is not considered an impoverished nation anymore, right? No, and, no. and hats off to China, but you are now considered a middle to high income country, okay? Sure. That means the standard of poverty is actually $5.50 per day, okay? Right. Now, if you actually bring it to that level, if you bring it to that level, $5.50 per day, yeah. that means that not only is China not erad eradicated poverty, right? right. So right. this is the correct metric we should be using. Yeah, five and, five and yes. a half dollars a day. Five and a half dollars a day. That means that China is currently more than 25% of the entire population is living in abject poverty. Yes. That's a quarter of the population. That's millions of people yes. still living in abject poverty because $5.50 a day is a very little. Yeah. And that's the, that's the metric for these countries. But let's even, I'll do you one better. It's hundreds of millions of people. Hundreds of, that's, I think that's what I said, did I? You said millions. Mill hundreds of, I meant to say hundreds of millions. Hundreds of, of millions of people. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of people living in abject poverty. Now, right. I'll do you one better. Mm -hmm. Let's look at actual breakdowns of, of countries' uh, poverty lines, okay? Sure. So let's look at the, the thing I put together here. All right. Um, if we look at the US, a little bit and I'm getting there. And I don't think this is, I'll just pause it here. I mean, yeah. you can let it wear. I want to see that nice title come out, you know. Sure. You put so much effort into that. Thank there you so go. much. It really, this is Charlotte, North Carolina, by the way. Yeah. I took that drone footage you on did. my trip. Um, so I just picked a random neighborhood. You yeah. Know, I just figured that looks pretty average. Um, it's not pretty average. It's houses on a freaking lake, okay? That's not pretty average neighborhood. That's a okay. nice, anyway, it doesn't matter. I grew up near a river. <laughs> Okay. It's like the average. Got uh, those, houses, boats. those houses are probably a couple hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Probably about pretty average for the U.S. Right. right? Okay. I'm right. talking about California prices here, <laughs> okay. bro. All right. Holy crap. Okay. Anyway. anyway mm -hmm. Thirteen thousand dollars a year is the poverty line on average. Now each state, mm. you guys might find this interesting. Each state has its own poverty line. Right. But the kind of just the general the general consensus we can say is about thirteen thousand dollars per year. So you can you can picture this, right? Mm. If you worked at McDonald's for minimum wage, you're making well over the poverty line. Right. Can I can I just quickly interject and say that thirteen thousand dollars a year is about the salary of a doctor in China? That's that is correct. That's a good tidbit. Yeah, so that's actually really good that you threw that in there. Yeah. So thirteen thousand dollars a year is about what a doctor is making in China. Yeah. That's the poverty line of the U.S. Now, mm. before you jump down my throat and say, "Oh, Samuel Quinson, you stupid," because China's standard of living is so much cheaper. Bullshit. Yeah. Housing prices are out of control. I could buy a house in my hometown, in my hometown with a massive yard, mm -hmm. and I have access to free good schooling, New yeah. York schools, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can still live probably with my family. I could probably live on $50 a week with for groceries if I really wanted to stretch it, right? Sure, sure. I could live cheaper with a much higher standard of living is right, my point. Right. When you compare that to China, yes, you could live with dirt floors and like random electricity going out and mm -hmm. buying like you know, instant noodles and boiled rice. You could sure. you could do that. Sure. But to have a similar standard of living, you it's much more expensive. Yeah. It's much more expensive than what you'd have in the US. So I do think it's a fair comparison, especially when the Chinese government is trying to tell everyone in the world that they're going to surpass the US. They've convinced all of the Chinese populace that America's basically poorer than, than China. Sure. So let's start using this comparison. Mm -hmm. If China's going to play on the big stage and the World Bank's going to up their level, right? Let's Let's play. Let's look at China's poverty line. Okay, this is what they declare for themselves. Let's give this lovely drone footage for a second here. Move in to the next one. <laughs> that must look really nice during summer there. Yes, yeah. it's a very nice place. And, We're uh, really letting this ride out. Let's just keep this, looking at this, this neighborhood This was totally, <laughs> totally... I was meant to be talking over yeah. it. Okay, yeah. 
maybe we shouldn't have paused it, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just enjoy it, really. Okay. So this is the standard of poverty line in China from from the data that I was able to pull up. Yeah. So it hovers between four hundred and sixty one dollars a year and six hundred and ninety dollars a year. But let's just yeah. you know whatever. Four hundred and sixty one dollars is the official data I found. Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred and sixty one dollars per year is the poverty line of China. So yes, Xi Jinping, congratulations. China's eradicated poverty because $461 a year is your metric. That is literally the average metric of some places like like Somalia and stuff. Yeah. How are you supposed to survive is my question. Now, I mean, having lived in China for so long and traveled around, you still, if you go to the poor places in China, the prices drop drastically. Mm. Okay, that's true. If you're in any kind of city, forget about it. But, you know, when we did all our like motorcycle road trips, you'd sure. pull into like in Guangdong, rural Guangdong, you go to some little noodle place and you could still buy like a bowl of noodles for two and a half rmb or sure. something you yeah. can you can still live really really frugally and cheaply but you have to live dirt poor right you know you really do it's not it's 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 not a very nice lifestyle no i mean i have, I have friends up north and they weren't poor mm -hmm. they were middle class yeah they were living in a, in houses without showers in them yeah you know so i mean here's the thing again just to reiterate do you think that 460 dollars a year means you're not poor anymore you know, because to me, no, no, even if you live in those really cheap rural parts of China, you struggle like hell. OK, to make ends meet. And it's a good thing China has such a tight knit family situation because families have to help each other out. And, you know, you'll always have people pulling their resources together in order to survive. And that's sure. why, uh, you know, the, the hardy folk out in the in the rural countryside and stuff can actually survive because if it's just them if it's just like a nuclear family or if it's just a single person or whatever there's no way you can survive properly on such a small amount of money you know no. so i have the real this is the real bombshell okay and those are good points mm -hmm. remember lee kachang the guy I showed you in the beginning i don't want you to have to hunt for him again but now he's got glasses he's got glasses he's the premier right mm -hmm. now he said something and this wasn't in private this is something he said he basically said we china we, we chinese people need to stop bullshitting okay mm -hmm. the real the real statistic here guys is that last this is last year so it's current numbers yeah 600 million he said over 600 million people mm -hmm. in china still live on less than a thousand RMB a month, okay? Yeah. Thousand RMB a month is, I'm looking at my notes here, $154 a month, okay? Yeah. So if you do the math at the end, it's it's sub $2,000 per year, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's half of the entire population of China. So yeah. almost double the population of the US, half yeah. the population of China is living on less than $2,000 per year. Sure. That is current statistics and that is the premier of China saying this. So. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can you throw out these numbers and stuff. The, the thing that bothered me about all this was we're looking at these articles, bringing attention to all this stuff. My real issue was I was actually affecting the populace. And I don't care about like these ego contests that people have about their country's wealth. What sure. I care about is actually the real world implications of this. Yeah. What I was seeing is that the Western opinion, I was seeing a lot of propaganda about this on TikTok, right? Sure. I was seeing the American audiences and, and the foreign audiences outside of China because TikTok's blocked in China. Sure. Uh, basically saying they would they would uh, have Chinese propaganda would come up on these videos saying mm -hmm. Xi Jinping eradicated poverty. Yeah. What is America doing? Just sure. funding your military and all this yeah. kind of crap. And in the, the comments section, what it would say is all these younger people that are kind of maybe struggling a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. They'd be getting upvoted by saying like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like, look at China's eradicated poverty, but I live poor. You know, sure. I still live in the hood. I still, sure. my house is shitty or whatever, you yeah, know? Yeah. What they're, 
they just don't understand is the absolute ridiculous metric that's being used sure. here. And you and they're like, oh, can someone trade places with me? I'd rather go to China. I remember when I was a kid, I thought China was poor, but now I wish I lived there instead of the sure. U.S. You know. Sure. If you were to understand, my message to them is if you don't understand what the metric of poverty actually is, for someone in your status, let's say you are lower income in America yeah. and you trade a place with someone in the same lower income bracket in China, you wouldn't want to, to no, be you alive want anymore. To be there. That's the stupid thing is everyone reads these headlines and it says China eradicated poverty, declares victory over poverty, extreme poverty. And you were seeing all those people on Twitter and stuff saying like, Oh, read the headlines today. U.S. bombs Syria, right, but right. China eradicated poverty. Who do you think's better? You know, that kind of thing. And they love, Chinese government loves that. Of course they do. But, you know, the fact of the matter is um, <laughs> it's not as positive a headline as you think it is. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer over here. I'm trying to be realistic. This actually works against the it rural does. people of it China. Does. Because when, you, when you've traveled China as much as we have, and you've seen as much poverty as we have, you understand the struggle that's going on there. You understand how harsh that lifestyle is. And to just blanketly say, oh, it's taken care of, is going to work against that. Because now people are not going to be apt to think that they need help anymore. All right? Right. I mean, Correct. That's, that's the be all and the end all of it is. If you think, oh, no, they're not poor anymore. No, don't need to send any kind of uh, support their way. No, we don't need to send aid. You know, we don't need to help rural school children in China right. who need it. Because it's it already been eradicated. It's been taken care of. And it takes of. the pressure off the city. Now, keep in mind, China's the least charitable country in the world. And yeah, that's, the that's, least. A, that's a really shitty statistic to, yeah. to have to throw out there, but it's the least. Chinese people do not give to charity. No. Number one, I don't blame them. The government has stolen and, and corrupted so much charity in China, so I kind of get it. Yeah. Uh, but number two, it's also just not in the nature of an authoritarian state because the state's supposed to take care of everything, sure, right? Sure, sure. So you're you're going to take a lot of pressure off the little charity you already had, right? Yeah. Because oh, poverty's gone, yeah. right? Poverty's gone. Skip this one. Go to the actual footage. Okay. Um, we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah. So the thing is, like, You've like Winston said, you can go around China, mm-hmm. and yes, this some of this footage is a bit older that we took, but that doesn't matter because you you can look at current stuff. Yeah, in a lot of these people, if you go to this village, you got to understand a lot of these uh, these places haven't really changed that much Dude, because the attention has been taken off. I um I filmed some of this, not this, this this I filmed in 2017. Sure, this the yeah. rat, the girl eating. She's holding a rat. For those of you who can't see, that's her food and probably also her toy. Um. This we filmed in Guizhou, this particular thing. Yeah. I filmed some of this stuff in 2019. So, sure. you know, that's not that long ago. You huh. can't... Within two years, I know China's got this uh, Shenzhen speed, as they call it. It's actually called Shenzhen speed. They use this to say that's how quickly we can fix things. But you cannot eradicate the kind of poverty that we saw uh, in two years. It's not possible. No. Never mind the fact that we've actually got the people still things, there yeah. telling us and showing us and sending us footage and stuff. But it's just... Uh, an unfortunate fact of life is that rural China is still very, very poor. There are a lot of little towns and villages up in the mountains and just off the beaten path where people are living an incredibly impoverished lifestyle. And that's not changed. That's the thing is what the Premier Li Keqiang says flies in the face of Xi Jinping's propaganda. And that's why I think that Xi Jinping is not too fond of him. Yeah. The reality is 600 million people in China are currently living on less than $2,000 a year. You've got to get that through your head. Yeah. Think about the poorest people you know in the U.S. and you're just not going to yeah. be able to make a comparison. Exactly. I mean, Seamilk was actually with me when I filmed yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, was. I was right we were busy, busy uh, riding on our, our motorcycles. And, uh, you know, I didn't even know she was holding a rat. <laughs> remember? I just yeah, you're just it. filming it because I think we went off to take yeah. a break or something. I, I remember like her uncle was holding a rat, that guy. That oh, yeah, you talked to, to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I was like, whoa, that dude's holding a rat, so let me film it. And then I was like, that that girl looks very pretty. That's and, right. That's you know, right. I like the fact that the grandmother was... She's cute. Was, yeah. You know, I thought, let me film that. I can show some of the nice, you know, like country life that goes on in China. And, uh, you know, afterwards reviewing... Actually, a subscriber told me, because I used that footage once, he's like, whoa, that, that girl holding a yeah, rat. Yeah, we miss a lot of the stuff. I'm just <laughs> seeing a dog looking out of a hose, yeah. a leaky hose. Like, we miss stuff yeah. in the background. Exactly. Anyway, so... Yeah basically what i wanted okay there's some more recent stuff actually there's a dude yeah. he took this footage and uh from bacon travels, travels. yeah he's a chinese guy who travels around china yeah um really cool cool stuff he gets but this is this is uh sichuan province mm -hmm. there's a province we didn't end up filming for a documentary so it's good that we showed yeah. this yeah uh, this is daliang shan yeah. yeah um and this is this is how people are living and these are I mean, this is just the, the way of life for a lot you'll, of people. You'll in notice, China. look at the dirt floors inside the house. It's a mud hut. But, uh, you know, this this is, we've stayed in places like yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Before. Oh, yeah. You know, um, we had a conversation about this the other day. Uh, when we saw this kind of poverty in China while we were there, um, we didn't film it. No. And we didn't film it on purpose. We didn't want to, for various reasons, film it. The, I think... The first reason was out of selfishness, to be honest. Sure. I think we didn't want people to uh, think that we made a mistake to move to China. So, right. I mean, I'm not just talking about poverty, but a lot of the negative things that we saw. So, you know, like when you see someone brutally um, killing a dog or something like sure. that, I avoided, I actively refused to film that kind of stuff because I didn't want to put it on my YouTube channel and I didn't want my friends and my family and people overseas to, to say to me, like, why would you move to a country that does that? Why would you associate yourself with that kind of thing? So it was just, it was a um, I, I can thing. agree. You I like, I mean? uh, yeah, it was tough. Like when you, especially if people come visit or, you know, whatever, you yeah. want to show people stuff. You don't want to, you want people to think you're like living a crap life. Yeah, but you're yeah. You're downgrading. You, you also don't want to, uh, people to think that you support that kind of thing. Either. Of course. So, you know, um, there's a, a lot of the bad stuff. I didn't film for that reason. Uh, second reason I didn't film a lot of the bad stuff, like the poverty that I saw. Now, this was in Guangdong. Yeah, we filmed, near not Guangxi. Yeah. Guangxi. So yeah. Guangxi, yeah, was on, on the way to Yangshuo, Guilin or whatever. Yeah. Um, another reason is simply because we buy into the whole culture of face. When you live in China, you buy into that whole thing. You don't want your Chinese friends uh, to lose face. Mm. So I didn't want to put a lot of this uh, footage up on my channel for the very specific reason that... I didn't want my Chinese friends or family or whatever to, to feel like ashamed because unfortunately the thing is in China is it's all about this collective idea. It's, it's ridiculous. You show a poor person or a poor area of China and suddenly all Chinese people, you know, will react and say, you're painting us all as being poor, which is not the case. You're pointing right. out a, you're pointing out an individual area or a, or a certain segment of the population or whatever, but for some reason, because of this face culture in China, everybody believes that you're attacking everyone. Right. And they take it personally. Everybody does. You know, and it's it's frustrating because it prevents you from talking about very uh, important issues because you're worried about hurting the feelings of your friends, you know, your Chinese friends and family. Sure. Uh, and that's, I'd say, a lot of the reasons why I didn't film a lot of the bad things sure. I saw. And I think you can concur in a lot of that. I agree. And I think this is the problem, is that the way I want to sum this up is that there are massive problems in my country, in the U.S., right? Sure. There's massive problems with wealth inequality. Now, to make this comparison, oh, China's much worse. Yes, it is. It is much worse. The wealth wealth gap is much worse. But that's not my point. My point is that 
in the US, you have people that face these problems. Yeah. I don't think anyone's walking around with blinders on saying, well, unless they're like super wealthy and they want to avoid it. But the average person can be painfully aware of the situation yeah. going on here, right? The homelessness issue that we have in our home state of California, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's a good point as well. Mm -hmm. We're painfully aware of, of the issues here. There's also programs set up in place to help these things, right? Yeah. It's by no means perfect. It's by mm -hmm. no means flawless. But the acknowledgement of this is so much healthier in combating it and, and actually getting better, right? Yeah. yeah. Than constantly lying over and over again. And that's what the Chinese government does is constantly lie yeah. to its own people and to the outside world so that nothing is ever done. It's this constant band-aid over the situation. Sure. We still have 600 million people in China living in, in very poor conditions. Yeah. That's the reality of the situation. But China mm -hmm. doesn't want you to know that. And yeah. it won't really do anything about that per se because if you bring attention to that, mm -hmm. then you've acknowledged the problem. Yeah. But the, the problem's already been defeated. Oh, yeah. Hey, I got I to gotta put in here. How often have you heard people, whenever I show some kind of poverty or whatever, or we show some something that we, re we want the problem addressed. We're not doing this in order sure. to try and shame anyone. We want to say, look, here's the issue. This needs to be fixed. It's a real issue. How many times you show that? They're like, oh, why don't you talk about the homeless people in, in uh, LA or whatever? I'll tell you why. That's because a million other people have talked about it. It's in the news. It's not a secret. It's not it's being on hidden. Blogs. It's on it's everywhere. The reason that that Wumau or even me in South Africa when I was living there, the reason I know about homelessness in America is because it's in the news. It's actually covered. That the American government actually allows that information to go out to the world. In fact, the American government itself is responsible for putting that information out there anyway. Yes, it's the not American a media. Everybody and their freaking dog. Yeah, they like, oh, expose the Ooh. homelessness. What? Who who in the world doesn't know about bombings of Syria and stuff? Right, right. Everybody knows. Right. Who in the world doesn't know about the abuses in Guantanamo Bay? Everybody knows. Who in the world doesn't know about every little thing that America does? Everyone knows. And if it's ever tried to be covered up, you bet there's a billion people trying to uncover it, right? Everyone knows because America and the Western world they have this idea of an open press and being able to criticize a government and being able to cr criticize the movements of a government. If the Trump administration does this thing, you bet there's going to be a billion articles out there saying it's bad. If the Biden administration does something, a billion people. When the UK does something, a billion people. All the dirty secrets of the royal family or whatever, it's out there. It doesn't matter. It's called being able to discuss things without right. worrying about hurting the feelings of an entire freaking nation. And that's where China is different. Right. And that's where people don't understand is that this stuff about poverty, we, we can talk about the homeless issue in, in America all day. And everybody will have an opinion because everybody knows about it. You try and talk about the poverty in China, you get a hundred million Wumao nationalists trying to attack you for being anti-China and saying that you don't know what you're talking about. What about the homeless in LA? It's so infuriating, guys. China has real problems, but because they're so good at censoring what gets out of China, they're so good at censoring the news. You don't talk about it. You don't know about it. You don't know about it. I know about it because I've seen it with my eyes. So does he. And we film this stuff and we talk about it and it's real. But you'll never hear that from the news coming out of China because the news in China only serves the state and serves the state's lies and only talks shit about America and talks shit about the rest of the world every day, all day. And, 
you know, blows sunshine up its own ass, you know, and sucks itself off. And that's all <laughs> that true. it does. That's all that the media coming out of China is and everybody else. And all these shills out there that are going out there and pandering along, they're all part of this machine, which denies the truth and doesn't allow these things to come out, you know? And so that's my answer to everybody who's like, why don't you speak about the homeless people in LA? Why don't you speak about like the, the bad things in South Africa? I don't freaking have to. A hundred billion people out there are talking about it for me, okay? Nobody's talking about the China stuff, and that's why it's important for us to keep pointing it out. We need people to see what's happening. Yeah, and I'm sorry that we're so invested in like the the rural people that are impoverished in China because we've met them and we feel bad. Yeah, we, they're human beings. It's not some faceless ordeal over in a different country. We've spent time with them, living with them, talking to they them. They get the short end of the stick, and they can't do shit about it. And uh, they constantly yeah. get shafted. Yeah, they're the nicest people. They're the nicest people in China, anyway. Yeah, I mean, jeez. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, <laughs> the end of my rant. But I just so, want yeah. people to know. So anyway, I want to get back to the and well, go yeah. back to the uh, that picture of. The Why don't pole. you talk about the homeless people in LA if you love please it do? So much. Just, and, it, and I'm glad people do because yeah. that leads to charity and things getting done. I, I yeah. saw a bunch of bullshit comments here. There's some really funny characters in our things. Yeah. They're like, well, talking about it doesn't do anything. Shut up. You're exactly the kind of people that never gave a cent to anyone in your goddamn life. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is you're being a lazy piece of shit that doesn't go do something about yeah. it, right? The real charitable people that bring awareness to issues are the reason things are taken care of. Yeah, if you know because someone's in need, you yes, can help. Exactly, right? Yeah. Just because you're not giving to those people or giving to a situation that uh, alleviates the situation does not mean that people shouldn't talk about it or yeah. that, oh, don't even worry about it. That's the kind of people that, the complacency that leads to authoritarian dictatorships like sure, in China, sure. to be honest. Let's uh, talk a, a little bit more along the same lines, you know, how China basically just, we, we made a, a word today. We're going to call instead of Zhongguo, which is China, <laughs> we're going to call it Rene Guo because China just reneges on all of its promises. Everything it's ever said is just a bunch of lies. Let's, uh, we're talking about the CCP here. Um, yeah, you got something to say about... Uh, yeah, so uh, Xi Jinping, our, our man, this is a nice uh, picture of Shanxi. This is a coal, mm-hmm. coal area. Now, I have been through areas that look 10 times worse than Oh, this. yeah, this is, I can see blue. This is nice. Yeah. But I just thought it was a nice image because it yeah. shows a bunch of coal plants. But yeah. I've been through areas, especially in, in Western Inner Mongolia, where it was yeah. black in the day. Yeah. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. Some of these places that are less, uh, more off the beaten track. Sure, you know? sure. Anyway... Um, so China, another thing that China keeps getting credit for that, mm-hmm. especially amongst people that, uh, I don't know, for some reason, look up to China or they're getting yeah. duped by it. Right. Yeah. Keep saying that China is the green leader of the world. Green right. This whole green technology. Oh, they're going to, you know, this. Come on, guys. Do Whether it's carbon that? pollution. Right. Mm-hmm. What's happened is that the metrics that China uses to measure pollution and carbon, all this kind of stuff, they'll use exterior cities. So when I say exterior, I mean coastal cities. Yeah. Shenzhen, Beijing, all these kind of places. Places that you might think do have pollution, they do, sure. right? But they have been slightly alleviated because a lot of the stuff's been pushed into the interior. I mean, yeah. you did. That's ridiculous. Why is Sorry, that guys. Happening? Someone's doxing us. Um, yeah. Timestamp. Can you hear the tone of my ringtone? <laughs> anyway, you've got, obviously, you've got sea breezes and stuff. I'm literally muted. What? Is, this is so frustrating. Can it just go away? There we go. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I know what I know what to do. Well, no, that won't help. No, no, it won't. Let's continue. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, it's been moved to the interior. A lot right. of this development, and it's and it's also been pushed out to some of the developing countries like Laos and Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But that's not my point. My point is, 
China keeps being the forefront of all this stuff because what happens is government initiatives will say, we have a bazillion RMB to throw at this solar project. We have a bazillion yeah. RMB to throw at this. We've talked about the farces of yeah, all the these Yeah, the fake green. solar things. We've talked stuff. about yeah. all this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. The thing is, is these goals get lapped up by other lobbyists in other countries because yeah. they say, look, it's a government, so it must be verified, right? Yeah. That means all this stuff is happening without ever having to having seen yeah, actually where this money goes, right? There's no yeah. independent investigation no. to say China says, "Oh, we hit this this target for like carbon emissions or something." Sure. Who's checking? I mean, they, sure. the, the, it's nonsense. No one's going in there and checking. It's just you have to take their word for it. So yeah, so you have a situation where people are like, "How come America's still using coal?" Well, number one, we're using clean coal. Maybe it's not for carbon emissions, but it's filtered for pollu- sure. pollutants, sure. right? Right. Let me tell you this. China keeps getting lauded as this country that's getting rid of coal, yeah. right? And so they're going to be somehow like be p- propelling the world into an environmentally sound future. Yeah. So this is the this yeah, is the yeah, issue. Yeah, you read this. I'll put the mic towards you. The country won praise last year after Xi Jinping. Ple- I hate when they call him president. Yeah. Chairman, Chairman. or dictator. Mm-hmm. Dictator Xi Jinping pledged to make the country carbon neutral by 2060. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's all these pledges. Okay. Yeah. You see how they got rid of poverty, right? They just moved the goalposts. Yeah, so. exactly. China put 38.4 gigawatts of new coal-fired, coal-fired power capacity in operation in 2020. New. new. That's new. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So China's coal-fired fleet capacity rose by a net 29.8 gigawatts in 2020. So that's the net increase. Sure. That's the increase of yeah. their power, right? Mm-hmm. While the rest of the world... Mm-hmm made net cuts of 17.2 gigawatts. Yeah. So the world made net cuts of 17 gigawatts, while China added 29 more gigawatts in, yeah. in and this coal is power. coal, coal right. power here, guys. This is the stuff that's bad for the environment. Correct. China further approved the construction of 36.9 gigawatts of coal-fired uh, capacity last year, three times the year earlier. Yeah. So we're not seeing a net uh, decrease. We're not seeing China cutting down. We're seeing them triple it yeah. for production. Sure. It now has 247 gigawatts of coal power under development, enough to supply the whole of Germany. That's just what's being built right now. Yeah. So we have all these green initiatives and all these uh, politicians around the world that are lauding China for some reason mm-hmm. being at the forefront. China's by far in a way the biggest carbon output outputter yeah. of the entire world. Yeah. All the other countries, like the major countries combined, really, yeah. in terms of carbon output, not to mention pollutants, guys. Jeez, yeah. no. So we're talking about them getting the attention and praise mm-hmm. and, and, and world organizations dumping money into them as well, sure. right, for their research and development. To go out there and then triple their output. Yeah. They're getting praised for saying something is what right, they are. Right. It's the guy, they, they're literally saying, we're going to be carbon neutral. And everyone's like, hell yeah, look at China. We should all look to China. They're amazing. Meanwhile, they're saying one thing and doing something else. It's a very classic kind of Chinese Communist Party tactic, mm-hmm. you know. The one hand's distracting you while the other hand's stealing something out of your wallet. That's how it works. And that's what they're doing with this stuff. Look, we're so green. We're, we're going to meet all these things. Meanwhile, let's build a ton more coal plants because let's just destroy the earth. We're already stripping the seas of everything. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so we just thought that was a good comparison to make. Yeah. Because that whole poverty alleviation thing. I'd love to see it be the reality. I would love that for that to be the reality. Sure. I really would, truly. Me too. But I really think that China needs to stop. I mean, the Chinese government demonizes charity already. So that's yeah. already a poison environment for that. Yeah. Um, 
But I really would like to see China not be an impoverished country. That would be a wonderful thing. It yeah. really would maybe do something about it instead of saying that it's already done. Yeah, I told I've told this on the podcast before, but you know the Sichuan two thousand eight Sichuan earthquake. Yeah, I really got to see how bullshit yeah. charity is in China. It'll take the wind it's out of your sails. Bullshit, you know. Our boss made us all line up, and he gave us like all like a, a five hundred RMB or yeah. something to hold, and so we're all holding it. And he had like a little um, collection box which said, um, you know, whatever Sichuan earthquake, re- you know, relief right. fund in Chinese. Right. And he made us all stand there and pretend to be putting money into it. And then after the photos were taken, he took all the money out of the box and put it back in his pocket. He didn't send anything. I, I thought I would be doing the good thing. And I gave my entire month's salary to uh, the relief efforts in the 2008 earthquake. And, you know, I went to the company because I was working for this company. I was like, my entire salary, I wanted to be sent. Guess what? It never got sent. They just kept my money. I basically worked for a free month for them. And... After those experiences and many other experiences regarding all the charity fraud and how the, you know, even the Red Cross in China, the Gourmet May thing and all this kind of nonsense, you realize that if you're giving money to charity, all you're doing is giving money to some corrupt piece of shit so that you can go to the KTV and, you know, bang escorts and stuff. That's it. And it's like, what am I doing this for? You know? Sure. And all people in China know this. They know this. So, uh, so, they, so I get it. Yeah. So that, that's why China is the least charitable country in the world. Yeah. I mean, you're do- who would donate to fat, corrupt officials? Yeah, exactly. It's really Knowingly. annoying. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hit but some anyway, super chats. Sure. Um, sorry, guys. We're always getting sidetracked here. Let's no, get us back. Good. Cool. Uh, Jonathan Lau says view on states ending lockdowns. I think I mean lockdowns should end when people are enough people are vaccinated. Yeah, but I mean the lockdown. It depends on what the lockdown entails. I think people should be able to go outside and do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, um, but they should be wearing masks and. I, I mean, yeah, I just think you should be mindful of other people. Things are, yeah, the cases are going down in mm-hmm. some of the areas we've seen, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bengal Tiger NYC have the CCP tried to salami slice Mongolia. I mean, they, that's how they got. That's how they got uh, outer or outer, or sorry, inner Mongolia. Yeah, but yeah, I, they're definitely yeah. trying to take inner, outer Mongolia. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, the salami slice is what they're trying to do with India and stuff. Is where yeah. they kind of they keep moving the border just a tiny bit that people can't really notice, mm-hmm. and they like move their troops there. And they move the fence, so they you know the the demarcated place on the map. It's like a couple of meters here, a couple of meters, and they're trying to like take over territory. That the thing way. is, Winston and I ended up in Mongolia by accident. I've done it twice yeah. now because there is a lot of parts that don't have a fence. It's just too vast. Russia's got a full, full-on fence. Yeah, we, we saw that. But like we, we ended up. Remember, we were checking our maps and we we're like, holy shit, we're yeah. actually in Mongolia yeah. right now. Yeah, we're in the grasslands. It's happened twice now. Yeah, by accident. So yeah. China could be doing that mm. very easily. Sure, right. sure. Um, Akosha. Just dropping by to say, keep up the good work and stay awesome. Final Fantasy VIII for life. Great game, lol. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Finally a cool. Final Fantasy VIII. That's great. Respect, finally. Mm-hmm. Enough <laughs> of these other guys. They're mm-hmm. sevens. I like seven too, but eight's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, uh, eight too. Just informed clips says, socialism is the gateway drug to communism, and communism is the end of free society, as in China. Uh, are you guys worried about China, Biden's Chinese guanxi? Um, number one, China's not communist. It's yeah. an authoritarian dictatorship, which is very fascist. So and capitalist at the same time. Yes. Now I <laughs> now I also don't believe in communism as well. Yeah. Uh, both to me awful mm. awful uh, leadership styles. However, yeah, to say that like they're in the final stages of like 
socialism, how it ended up in communism in China. China is neither of those things. China has almost no social programs, and they're not communist. Yeah, they're just they just a use the communist dictators. They just use the communist insignia. rhetoric to yeah. control people, yeah. and that's the thing, and to appease people sure. and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, you know, and as far as the whole Biden Guanxi thing, dude, we're gonna have to keep an eye on. Look, China is a good is very good at corrupting people. And I'm just saying this in general. You see, like, that spy that was sleeping around with different people, you know, mm -hmm. politicians and stuff. It's kind of normal. Uh, we got to watch out because there's a, a lot of money to be made in China. There's a lot of bribes to be taken from China. And if you've got interests in China, you know, you're going to be favorable towards China and the Chinese government. So when you've got a president that has family ties to working in China, like his son and all that, you have to be a little concerned. Concern is the correct word. However, yeah. I would say in, in general, as an American, I'm, I'm positive about the current China policy. Yeah. I'm very much positive. It's not, it's actually not what I thought it was going to be. You just have, but you still have to be concerned. Uh, absolutely. I didn't yeah. say stop paying attention. I said, absolutely be more fervent, if anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but I'm quite pleased with the China policy. It's really cracked down on, you know, <laughs> yeah. those going on you know what i mean um, canadian greg mm. very very generous thank you um thank you, you guys are fantastic my girlfriend lived in <laughs> northeast of durban on the coast uh, for a year in 2020 can you discuss the parallels between the anc south african politicians and the ccp the economic situation of south africa and how strict covid lockdowns affected the township and rural folks okay uh, i can't get too much into it but what i will tell you is that um yeah, the ANC and the CCP are very similar where they, they pretend as if, um, you know, they pretend as if uh, people have some kind of control over their destiny, but they don't. You know what I mean? Right. They, I mean, at least in South Africa, you've got this farce that people can vote and stuff, but it's just a farce at the end of the day. Uh, it's just to make people happy because the ANC will not lose power. It'll always find a way to stay in power. The CCP at least doesn't even need to pretend with this voting stuff. It will just always be in power and always make sure it's in power. Um, the lockdowns have been horrendous in South Africa. It's much stricter than in the USA. You know, they have things like you can't, at least in the beginning, I'm not sure right now, but there have been stages where you need a like a permit to be able to travel, you know, oh, yeah. and not to go like into here. a different province, <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, there's, It's been crazy. They stopped all sale of booze and cigarettes for whatever reason i guess too many people were getting drunk and killing each other because that's how it works in south africa everyone gets drunk and kills each other it's kind of it's a national pastime um <laughs> so i guess the fact that people were kind of locked down indoors and in the townships and stuff was just getting out of hand so they sure. banned alcohol complete it was ridiculous so people are like making their own alcohol you know my parents were making their own wine out of like fruit juice and sugar and stuff I'm like what are you guys doing can you just <laughs> stop being alcoholics for a minute you know <laughs> but at the same time i think it's just ridiculous that they would go to these extreme lengths but it's it's been pretty tough over there and it's really hit everybody very hard much harder than in the states where for instance we've been free to do whatever we want we can yeah, travel it doesn't feel I, I haven't felt restricted. Actually, I haven't since the beginning. From the beginning, I haven't felt restricted at all. No. You know, as long as you've been like, um, you know, taking a mask with you and keeping your social distancing, we've been able to go to the beaches. We've yep. been able to go travel out of state, you yep. know, go over on our motorcycles, go where we want. You know, we went to freaking Vegas. You know, we did all this stuff during the pandemic. Obviously, you just have to be careful. Mm -hmm. You go around everywhere you want. And so you don't feel restricted. We, we like, never were in a situation like when you say Vegas, we never went yeah. to a situation where there's people indoors. No, like, no, 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 no. You know. I mean, we rode through there. And sure. Stuff. 
But I'm just saying, like, you, yeah, you yeah. can do what you want as long as you're not a, a dumbass who's going around coughing on people and stuff, sure. you know? So I felt that the lockdown hasn't really been a, a much of an issue. And I know that there are areas oh, it'll, and it's affected where it's businesses worse. Too. Oh, yeah, big time. And going to restaurants and sure. stuff. But there are areas that are much worse. But yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say South Africa's had it hard during this time. Yes. Yeah. yeah, good point. And of course, you can't travel out of South Africa now either. No. Um, and you can't travel to most places in the world. You know, there's a South African strain or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Subtarshi Sengupta. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. It's a South African strain of a Chinese virus. Subtar Subtarshi Sengupta. Mm -hmm. um, we should say the, the Wuhan virus. Well, I mean, um, if they're going to say South African, know, why can't I say Chinese? I'm not saying the ethnicity. Agreed. I'm saying the country, the nationality. Right. So China as a country. Sure. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Winston, for your latest video about the public toilets in the PRC, People's mm -hmm. Republic of China. Yeah. Uh, public hygiene is a crucial topic where I live. I was curious about the situation in RSA. That's your country. Mm -hmm. How does it compare to the PRC? Uh, I'm going to be honest here. You get disgusting toilets everywhere in the world, and especially in the more rural areas of South Africa, you get disgusting toilets too. But if I were to compare percentage-wise, South Africa's way better. I've been to some townships where the long drops, you know, I'm talking about long drops, right? Same thing, it's just a pit toilet, are so much better. They actually have like a toilet seat, they've got toilet paper, that kind of thing. I've stayed in some bush camps and things, you know, I've done all this stuff out in the sticks, and I've never come across in my entire life living in Africa... And I traveled through places like Botswana, Namibia, you know, when I was younger, we moved, we, we traveled around. I've been around Africa a fair bit. I've never in my life seen toilets like I have in China. It's another level. It's something that's far, far worse than Africa, well, South Africa and the places I've been. Because, you know, I guess it's something about the fact that in China, nobody owns anything, right? It's all kind of just like, the community doesn't seem, need to take care of the public toilets is what I'm saying. Yeah. When you're in a society where like everyone in this little village or everyone in this area has to use the same long drop or the same toilet, I think there's a little bit more respect because it's kind of your your toilet for your village or your area or whatever. Sure. And then, of course, if you go to gas stations and stuff, they have cleaning stuff that stock toilet paper that go there and clean the mess. Whereas in China, in especially in those truck stop toilets and stuff, there's no one going in there to clean that stuff. That's why there's like shit all over the floor and toilet paper that's that or tissues that they've used just chucked there. And another thing is that you can't flush um, toilet paper and stuff down the down the toilet in China because the plumbing systems can't mm -hmm. handle it, right? So the toilet paper has to remain outside. It's gross. So it it ends up in baskets or just on the floor. And I'm gonna say this now. You can quote me on this. Chinese public bathrooms are worse than South African public bathrooms. Way worse. Not even a comparison. Okay. Interesting. I just wanted to say that. Um, case closed before we move on. Case yeah. closed 93. This week, the workers, there have been workers in the attic of my apartment building. Mm -hmm. They've made it near impossible to work from home with a noise and then part of my ceiling collapse. Oh boy, <laughs> have I been there. Yeah. Uh, now I feel like I'm in China. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get a little taste. Yeah. That's good. There you go. You know, some culture shock there. For sure. Uh, best of luck, by the way. Sneaky Joltian says, hello. Uh, we have a great opportunity for you. A man named Tim Poole has reached out to you. This is a chance for a limited time only. Call now. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Sneaky Joltian. Vanna, thank you. And Lenore Hamburg, uh, so happy to catch you guys live again. Question, awesome. what is your favorite thing to eat these days? A greeting from Finland. Nice. Thank mm. you so much. Kiitos. Um, favorite thing to eat these days? I... I don't want to be boring and say pizza, but I freaking love pizza. <laughs> yeah, pizza is awesome. Pizza and wings, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's like my thing. 
totally. Let's try to mix it up a little. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I personally, oh. what, what else were you going to say? Uh, recently, my wife, I, I've been cooking mostly, but my wife, she's been cooking this uh, Chinese style lamb. I usually cook the lamb, mm. I roast it, but she's yeah. been doing this mun yang rou, yeah. um, and it's freaking amazing it's mm. like it's stir fried and stuff but she tenderizes it and stuff first and it's mm. it's just it's amazing great lamb there's chinese lamb i've been enjoying what about yeah. you i mean it's a mixture for me i i, I love american food unfortunately sure. it loves me too and so i get fat <laughs> it when i eat it all you. the time yeah uh japanese food chinese food of various different uh you know sure. styles i like it my my wife obviously she's cantonese and she loves sure. to eat cantonese food so she's always ordering and things like that gotcha. which we get in which steamed, this is just steamed chicken isn't it like boiled boiled chicken i thought it's it was steamed i'm pretty sure it's boiled and, and that's why it's not that great it's definitely steamed <laughs> it's the steamed i dude. feel like it's boiled no, it's steamed, it's steamed. Just look it up at some point but yeah it's either boiled or steamed either way it involves water yeah okay and it's not great it's watery it's like it's, salt they salt the outside of yeah. it and then it's steamed whatever but what I'm trying to say here is that when she orders that, we order a bunch of other Chinese food from the from various restaurants or the same restaurant, and there's a lot of good stuff that I love. So it's a mixture of Chinese, Japanese, and uh, Western food for cool. me. Yeah. Last one I'll do before we move on is okay. JMRS ask is very very uh, generous. Right. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Yeah. I uh, hope this helps to keep you two and yours out of poverty. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Stay, Thank you. stay awesome. Thank, Thank you. you for not being shy with the humor there. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, let's move on to worldview. This is when we talk about everything in the world, specifically with regards to China. Mm -hmm. So it's basically just... Uh, Looks like we're going to have to phase out those explanations. We don't have to. Okay. Oh! Who's, dun, dun, it's our favorite dun, 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 gay porn dun, 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 viewer. Dun, 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 dun. Our favorite gay porn... No, our favorite gay porn politician. Yeah. Now, for those of you not in the know, this is a wolf wanker. Yeah. Uh, or wolf turd warrior, warrior. Turd warrior. But as they call them, wolf warrior diplomats in yeah. China. If you're new here... A wolf warrior diplomat is this new era of Xi Jinping's appointees mm -hmm. that go out into the world and instead of being polite like they used to be, yeah. are just assholes. Yeah, they just attack the West all the time. Sure. They they do... Wrongly so. Like the thing is, they're petty and they do things sure. that politicians would never do. Correct. They're right? not They go out and they like personally insult other politicians. They insult countries. Right. And they don't use diplomatic language. They just no. use the language of like a schoolyard bully. They called Australia the gum on the bottom of a shoe. Yeah, exactly. They've, uh, they've called people racist and inhuman. Yeah, that's they've right. They've called, oh, what if, I mean, they've said so many things. This is ridiculous, uh, the kind of things. Zhao Lijian, one of our favorites, he, re he recently got caught following gay porn on Twitter. That's why we call them gay porn. Yeah, followers. that's right. Yeah. So he got caught following gay porn on Twitter. Um, not the <laughs> first time Chinese diplomat has been following porn on Twitter. Yeah. They should probably learn how to use Twitter. They should probably not be using Twitter because they banned well, Twitter in their own country. That. Or just follow their own country's laws. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, with China, CCP officials get immunity from any law. Um, yeah. So if you think, I'll post something to you. If you think the, the immunity for, for Chinese diplomats or Chinese politicians stops at them being able to jump the firewall and use the internet freely, no, no. no. Think about what else they could be using their immunity for. Just uh, just picture what Chinese officials could get away with. Just, just get use away your imagination. Get away with a lot. Yeah. Anyway, he said, uh, our Zhao Lijian, one of our favorite uh, wolf wanker, turd warrior diplomats, he yeah. said, and I quote, some people, some U.S. people, sorry, some U.S. people continue to use the Taiwan issue to hype up China's military threat. But in essence, this is the U.S. searching for a pretext to increase its military spending, expand its forces, and interfere in regional affairs. Now, why did he say this? It's because a military analyst for the U.S. said that 
it's feasible that China would try to attack Taiwan within six years. He didn't say it's an absolute guarantee. Yeah. Um, China is very sore about Taiwan. Mm. We'll give you a two-second rundown if you don't know. Taiwan is where all of the, the people that lost the civil war against the communists ran to, mm. formed their own government, and is now an independent government, independent of China. Think about Texas, really. I mean, sure. if Texas seceded and was yeah, its yeah. own if, yeah. country. Yes. You know, so that's kind Taiwan of Taiwan. It seceded in that it's not the same government, not the same currency, not the same leadership. They have their own passport, diplomats. Yep. Everything is their own. Yeah, there's nothing they built to do their with own China. economy. That's, yes, it's amazing. All the high tech stuff, Aces, Acer, all those. You know, Taiwan has nothing to do with China. It. Yeah, no, totally. While China was shut off in its communist gulag phase of nonsense, Taiwan was engaging with the rest of the world. Correct. You know, Taiwan's a completely different place. Yes. Now China mm. claims Taiwan. They yeah. said they want to come back to the mainland. No one in Taiwan wants it. Eleven, no. only eleven percent of people in Taiwan. Yeah. Um, no, nobody really in their right mind in Taiwan wants to be reunified with mainland China under the Communist Party of China. Sure. Now, Zhao Lijian is combating really a lot of propaganda that China puts out every year. Because guess what? China puts out all the time that they're going to go to war with Taiwan and take yeah. it back. That is literally a consistency every year with China's yeah. propaganda. Yeah, yeah. But yet he has to go out there and say, no, it's U.S. U.S. just wants to say we're going to take back Taiwan. We're not going to take back Taiwan. U.S. just wants to say that because they want more military spending. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. He's saying you, the U.S. says that China's going to attack Taiwan as an excuse to expand its own military. I mean, this is coming from a country that only expands its own military all the time. <laughs> it doesn't need an excuse. It just wants to expand its own military. It's constantly expanding its own military. So he's basically trying to say, nah, nah, they're doing this. Meanwhile, they're doing it worse. It's this stupid they're double all, standard. He's thing. also insinuating that China is not making claims that it's going to go to war with Taiwan. Yeah. Oh, let's go to Chinese yeah. state media. Let's go look This at just in. <laughs> Global Times says, mm. Returning U.S. forces to Taiwan will trigger reunifi reunification by force operation. That means go to war with Taiwan. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's do another. Oh, Global Times, another Chinese state media? Yeah. The more trouble Taiwan creates, the sooner mainland will teach them a lesson. <laughs> what else does he say? Deployment of U.S. forces to Taiwan means war. Global <laughs> Times editorial. And my favorite. This is Global Times. Taiwan independence means war, not empty threat. <laughs> yeah. This is the Chinese mouthpiece. Here. Yeah, yeah. So Zhao Lijian, the wolf wanker, is saying... We didn't make any threats against Taiwan. How dare you, U.S.? Yeah. You just want a just military. Just using it as, a, as an excuse. Meanwhile, uh, the Chinese state media is constantly, constantly blustering and threatening about this. And, you know, here's, here's another thing. I'm, uh, I'm going to go for a tiny tangent here, guys. But um, a lot of people accuse Western media of being very negative towards China and very biased towards China. And, yeah, it's true. There's a lot of negative press these days about China. It has been for forever since before I went to China. There's also a lot of positive Yeah, things. there's also a lot of positive things, like people saying they're great at green, green energy and all this nonsense, right? But if you were to read the Chinese press, it's only negative crap about right. the, the West and about the USA and stuff. That's what people don't see. There's no balance, and I think it's because of this language barrier and this hyper-focus on the US and the world. I think if people could read the Chinese news, they would actually see... That it's worse than Western media when oh, it comes to geez, bias. It's not even a comparison. Yeah, it's 
all you read all day in the Chinese newspaper is how bad America is treating China, how bad America is. Look at all the terrible things happening in America. Look at how unstable America is. Look how unsafe America is. Look at all the gun violence. Look at all the protests. Look at all the racism. Look at all the this. Look at all the that. It's just negative, 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 unfair bias against the West. And that's Chinese state media. And there is only one Chinese state media. You don't have CNN and Fox News and a balance of differing, differing asshole opinions. You have one asshole, and what he says is what goes for all of everything. And that's you not know? to say those issues don't exist in the, of course. the U.S. The reason that you say unfair is because a lot of it's not based in fact whatsoever. Sure. It's based in pure pure bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's the problem. Is yes, there's a lot of issues, right? Mm-hmm. But they, and maybe the article is based in some of those things, but at the end of the day, it's really just furthering its narrative as to how much better it is. Yeah, and the, the biggest issue I take with this is that if you're going to accuse Western media of being biased, you have to look at the Chinese media too, and you will realize it's actually more biased. Right, and I guess that the thing is you got to look at who's furthering what, right? Yeah. When you, Western Western media or Western media, what is lies. Western? What is that even? What does that even mean? Because are you going to say that like Al Jazeera or these yeah, other? Yeah, those are Western. Is medias. that Western All, media? It's just anything that's not Chinese. Yeah, right? foreign media, foreign media, right? Maybe like it's all the out, same outside of China media. Right, correct. Because, I mean, it includes that's Japan. Actually, that's actually what they're saying. Yeah, it includes Japan and Korea. That's not Western media. That's freaking, you know... Asian media. Asian media. Eastern media. Eastern media. Every media outside of China is being accused of being biased against China. It's, it tells you something when every media outside of China is biased. There's a reason. This is the way I look at it, is that you know? the, all of the news stories within China or any just the media about the West or any anywhere outside of China, the negative yeah. press... The reason it exists is to further its own agenda because it needs to sell the idea to its people that you're living in an authoritarian state, but it's worse elsewhere. Yeah. And that's the only reason this exists. Why would mm. you need to say that stuff otherwise? Yeah. If you're reading a negative piece about uh, China, let's say you're reading Wall Street Journal and it's saying China's expanding its force in the South China Sea. Yeah. The Wall Street Journal is not furthering an agenda of nece- something necessarily, right? In yeah. that article, you're reading something that's based on fact that says, hey, there's more and more expansion militarily in the South China Sea from China. Yeah. It's truly happening. It is. And what's that what that's doing is is informing the populace or the public mm-hmm. about what's happening and maybe mm-hmm. the military ambitions of China. Yeah. Whereas China's using the media to say, look at how bad the West is, look at how bad America is, because our yeah. system is better and you don't ever have any reason to go there or do this. Yeah. You can trust yeah. us, mm-hmm. trust us to take away your rights. Yeah. And trust us that we'll make everything okay for you. The yeah. other place is really, really bad. And that's that's what it is. You don't need propaganda if what you're doing is correct. Yeah. Why do you see, like, my video on Wednesday, mm-hmm. yesterday, why do you see all these YouTube channels popping up with these forced interviews with Uyghur people in Xinjiang? Yeah. Why are you seeing all these pop up out of nowhere? Number one, YouTube's blocked, right? Yeah. You're seeing tons of channels pop up with these forced interviews like, I am Uyghur, I'm very happy, I love the Communist Party of China. It's terrible. It's creepy shit. Creepy, yeah. Why do you think those popped up out of nowhere? It's because it was in response to Pompeo, Mike Pompeo's statement that, yeah. hey, maybe there's a genocide going on here and the rest of the world now that's saying, hey, there's actually a genocide going on and we, we have evidence of this. Right. If you really don't have a genocide going on, then you don't need to make the propaganda. Sure. You need to make propaganda and lies to go and, and convince people otherwise because it's a lie. Yeah. And that's consistently, that's if you take away anything from what Winston and I say in our videos, you have to walk away from pretty much everything that comes out of Chinese state media or ch- the Chinese government in general yeah. and understand why why you know anything about this is because it's a lie. Yeah. That's why it's being portrayed to you. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the, the media there is only there to serve the state. Right. And to push the state's message. 
and to make people believe what the state wants them to believe. You can you, you can't say that about Western media because Western media is all there about views. No. So they will sensationalize things and they will focus on different things. In general, yeah. But it's it's not there. Like the American press is not there to serve the government. It's no. certainly not. It's no. always attacking the government, to right. be honest. The, the state media, yeah, it is. The state media in China is only there to serve the government, to lift it up and to prove what the government wants to say. It's it's a horrible situation. And know? censored when it doesn't. Yeah. Right, so. Yeah, exactly. It's not so. what you think. It, the, the comparisons to West, mm. I just hate when people make this. My, my least favorite thing is when, like Chinese people know that they, they have no choice. Yeah. Right, a lot of them just know that they have no choice. When I see Western people always saying, making the equivalency, oh, it's just as bad here. It's no, not, no, it's not. And it's not getting worse in the same trajectory. Sure. You're making the wrong comparison. Because comparing the Western media to Chinese media means you've gotten the entire, you've, means you've ignored what Winston just said. The entire principle of their existence is, is opposing. Yeah, it's different. Right? It's different. You can't compare. It's not apples and apples. No. Yeah, it's apples and fucking rotten bananas, you know, <laughs> if that makes sense. Anyway, time for us to move on to our Q&A section where uh, we answer your questions and you question our answers, everybody. So let's uh, buckle up and you know what they say? Sit forward, tense up, and let's begin. Okay, why do we you know, have to tense up? You know, they always say sit back and relax. And oh, sit, sit forward, tense, tense up. up. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. I like that, actually. Yeah. Sit forward, tense up, and let's begin. Let's do it. Uh, Retro says, I've been watching on and off for about two years now. I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Helped you me, uh, helped inform me about the truth. Mm-hmm. As such, I'd like to ask you about ways I can fight against this tyranny. We get this question all the time. It's about awareness. It's about knowing what's going on. And guys, you know, uh, my video tomorrow talks about this a lot, but... You, you, have to, you have to decide within yourself what you're going to do when it comes to dealing with China because you, as a consumer, do have an option. You can actually actively avoid buying Chinese goods. I know it's difficult. Most everything's made in China these days. But you can at least consciously try to avoid it, you know? Um, just That's probably the best thing you can do from, a, from a, just a very simple level. The second thing, of course, is to raise awareness about certain things. Don't be blind and, and try to help people around you see what's really going on. You know, maybe don't support the upcoming Beijing Olympics. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. Yeah. I mean, talk about it. Don't be scared. Don't be yeah. bullied out of not talking about the CCP. And, and it's, it's like Hitler's Germany existing in 2021. Yeah. Just remember that if people try to call you racist, you, you have to tell them that the Communist Party of China is not a race. Right. So if you're criticizing a policy, like maybe the the Uyghur genocide thing that's going on, or maybe the Beijing Olympics, you don't agree with it or something, and people are like, you know, that's racist. You say, no, I'm talking about the government, and the right. government is not a race. The government Correct. is a government. And guess what? Another mm-hmm. counterpoint to that. If somebody calls you racist for criticizing the Chinese government, you can call that person racist because yeah. that government's the one that's shitting on its own people. That's yeah. the one that's shitting on Chinese people and the people that giving taking away people's voices. So right. that's racist. Absolutely. Uh, Dory Y, appreciate ye many things you guys are doing and bringing light to Western audience. Hope to see more great guests in your channel. Stay strong. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Uh, Cesario JPN, thank you very much. Awesome. VS, thank you for your work, guys. Uh, what do you think if uh, Blink and Yangji talks in Alaska? Hmm. Oh, oh, the, the, the diplomatic talks in Alaska. Not that another report is out on genocide. What is the point of talking to CCP reps, reps about just deep disagreements? That's diplomacy. I mean, like every yeah. every presidency has had talks with, sure. with China. That's life. Um, yeah. I mean, to make us think and say like, 
we're not having any talks with you and we're not going to get anything done, I think would send a clear message. Mm. At the same time, I don't know if that's realistic. You know? Yeah, this this whole thing, like at least it's coming to light. This, sure. you know, these reports about the genocide and stuff. The more of this that gets out there, the better. Sure. The same with the needs, Wuhan thing. Too. Yeah, the, the world needs to stand up. Right. Like they stood up against apartheid in South Africa. Sure. I, I'm spoiling some of my video tomorrow, <laughs> but you know, I always do that. Yeah. But guys, here's the thing. The Chinese government can justify the Xinjiang thing all they want, and they justify it in various ways. First of all, they justify it by saying it doesn't exist, which right. is not a good way to justify something when it does exist. Next, they justify it as, a, you know, oh, we're combating terrorism and extremism, okay? That's their justification. And then, you know, more evidence comes out. Then they start to say, it's not your business. Don't meddle with our Chinese internal stuff. This is our thing. It's got nothing to do with you but out, right? The apartheid government was exactly the same. Apartheid was their way of dealing with their situation internally that they didn't like. It was their way of uh, dealing with extremism and terrorism or whatever you want to say. They also had Bantu education, things like this to, uh, you know, teach and educate people like they say in these vocational camps. I mean, of course, it was never as bad. Apartheid didn't have concentration camps. You know, they had areas where black people couldn't go, that kind of thing. And they had homelands that they set up where people could go live. It wasn't the same thing. It's not as extreme. But the world stood up to South Africa. It became a talking point where everybody on college campuses would sing free Mandela songs and, and have, I don't know what they did, drum circle, LSD things or whatever that they used to do back in the day and sing songs about it with their guitars and all that kind of crap. You know, and it became a, a big force. The entire world stood up against South Africa to end apartheid. And if the world didn't stand up, it wouldn't have ended. It would have continued, guaranteed. There were sanctions. Uh, you know, South African sports sportsmen were not allowed to compete. You know, they weren't allowed to go out and take part in rugby and cricket and things. Um, they really effed South Africa up to the point where there was no choice other than to move away from apartheid. So what's going on in China right now is worse than apartheid, okay, in South Africa. It is, definitely, in so many ways. The rest of the world's just turning a blind eye, though. They seem to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to just trust that it's China's own internal issue. They, they're taking care of it type thing. Enough is enough. If you stood up against apartheid, if you stand up against discrimination and racism, because that's what's happening with Uyghurs. These camps are for an ethnic group, a single ethnic group. It's not for Han Chinese people. It's not for Miao Chinese people. It's not for Dong Chinese people. It's only for a single ethnic group. It's discrimination based on ethnicity and religion. They're stripping people of their religion. They're stripping people of their language, their culture. If you don't see that as being wrong and you don't stand up to that, but you stood up against apartheid, then you're a hypocritical piece of shit. It's time for you to stand up against the Chinese government and what it's doing is what I wanted to say. Anyway. Amen. Tangent. Tangentially. Tangent. That's a, tangenting. I thought it was fine. <laughs> okay. Um, mm. Will Aquala 1203, will mainland China break up into several countries like the Soviet Union after CCP is overthrown? We will see an, will we see an independent Tibetan East Turkestan? If that was the case, yes, we would see independent countries like that, I think. Um, I don't think we've ever insinuated that we think the CCP is going to be overthrown or that China is no. going to break up. If no. anything, we're the opposite. We think the CCP will be resilient and win. Yeah. They will win. They have too much control. I think a lot of people think populace. because we're critical of them, that means we think that they're going to fail. That's a mm -hmm. fantasy, that mm -hmm. they're not going to fail. But there's things that we can do to, to coerce 
the Chinese government into not acting so badly. That's really I we're think at. the most important thing is to arm people with the knowledge of how to deal with the CCP sure. and to stop allowing them from getting away with all this crap that they get away with. Because, you know, we're going to be in a situation where we do need to um, coexist, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, but we have to find a way to do it correctly where the CCP is not just standing on everyone's face and getting away with everything and using the entire world as their personal doormat. Sure. You know? John, thank you. Winnie Lee, Holy Mao 2.0. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Manjish Deb. Hi, guys. Love your work as always. Big thumbs up from India and the UK. Do you reckon Quad can have, subs can have a substantial role in containing Chinese influence? I believe it could. I think the more international alliance we're, uh, most people are involved in, the more we can stop this. Think about, ah, oh, we have an, an amazing speech from somebody that sent, it, sent to us the other day. I don't know if he wants us to say it, but in general, it was a person that said, and I'm not going to directly credit us, but sure. if someone who runs a big company mm -hmm. can move their money into a situation and responsibility away from the Communist Party of China to where they're making independent decisions separate from the Communist Party of China, sure. they don't buy into it, they're not taking their money, they're not they don't taking, take investment. take investment and stuff, that can have a deep impact, right? Mm on the future of the way things work. And enough, if enough people do that, then a change will effectively happen. It yeah. effectively will. So I think the more international communities that we get together to, to see the true nature of what's happening, the better, the yeah. more that we can we can get past this. For sure. Uh, Audio Jack, here's your weekly salary. Don't go spend it all in one place. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. That's <laughs> thank right. You yeah. I like the, these are good poverty jokes. Sure, sure. Poverty is no laughing matter, but you can poke a little fun mm -hmm. at the topic. Dorm, dorm mice, uh, yeah. writing a college article about China's overfishing. Do you believe seafood is consumed or wasted for face more than other types of food? Potentially, yes, because of the fresh nature of it. So yeah. China's always about like fresh first, right? Sure. And that does contribute to a ton of food waste. Huge amounts. Huge amounts. I think it's 40% of 40 food. 40% of food, yeah. That's why they have that clean plate initiative. Yeah, yeah. well, it's also because of the shortage as well. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so seafood especially needs to be super fresh, right? Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of wasted seafood. And it's also an exorbitantly expensive food that people used to show off. And typically, the people that are going to be showing off of the expensive food are the people that are wasting Dude, it Dude, there, well. are, there are restaurants in Shenzhen and it's disgusting and it it turns my stomach. But there are restaurants in Shenzhen, well, all over China, really, but I saw them in Shenzhen where you cook live seafood alive. Mm. You know, they have like a, a pot and you put a, like an octopus in there or you put a whatever. The octopus Fs me up yeah, because octopus are sentient. It doesn't matter what this, like whatever you order there, they right. put it living and moving around and you cook it on your table alive. You right. boil this thing alive. Japan you does steam that it too. Alive. Yeah, of course. But I saw these things all over. Yeah. It just proves your point that the fact is the fresher, the better when it yeah. comes to seafood. Yeah. And, you know, it's just horrible. I, I can't handle that kind of thing because I think that that's freaking animal cruelty. I don't care if it's seafood or whatever. And I know people boil lobsters alive and stuff. That's, when you're throwing like an octopus in that's there, messed a frog, up. it doesn't an matter. An octopus like, is messed it, up. Look, it doesn't matter. It's sure. like whatever random thing on the menu, you're just cooking it alive. I'm like, dude, that's just not human. You know, what's mm. wrong with you? Hit it over the head. I don't care if you eat the thing. At least, like, put it out of its misery and then cook it. Don't cook it whilst writhing around. Sure. No, like, what kind of inhuman bullshit is that, you know? Sure. Sorry, I just 
for me that I, I don't like that. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept that cultural difference. Sure. No, I understand. Japan's huge, hugely bad I, about that. I know too. they do so that too. Korea. It doesn't matter. I don't accept that from them either. No. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not making excuses. My point is I like to separate mm. which animal it is uh, just based mm -hmm. on like pain receptors and stuff. But octopus sure. is really, that's evil. Dude. Sure. That's really evil. Yeah. And I've seen the turtle thing, like the live turtles, they, sure. they slowly cook them and they take like a couple hours to die. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, messed up. Dude, it makes, it boils my blood. Yeah. Anyway. Septarshi Sengupta again, uh, does face culture exist in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Singapore? Very uh, yes, much so. Yes. I, I can't speak for Singapore, but I can speak for Taiwan I'm pretty Hong sure. Kong. Hong Kong, less so than China. Taiwan, pretty, pretty big. It's yeah. a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Case, I showed a Chinese girl Lila Farley's music video and she almost died laughing. That's, That's cool. great. That's yeah. fantastic. Uh, Magnum Beef, y'all keep doing Lord's work, guys. <laughs> uh, glad I was able to watch the podcast live again. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, girl 7 Thanks for six years of helping me research. Sorry, just give me a sec. Okay. Research about the real China for my writing. I am mm. holding on to that book for now. I have my own stories. That's awesome. That's really cool, actually. And <laughs> you're very welcome. Uh, David Pei, preach, Winston. Ah, oh, yeah. Thank Amen. You. Woo! All right, thanks. Kuta. Mm -hmm. It's worse than just PR. Uh, CCP has closed rural food banks and other means of just uh, subsidizing impoverished citizens as there's no official poverty. I knew this was yeah. going to happen, yeah. too. There's no reasons for them to operate dire. And I knew exactly because there proves. are small food banks. There are things that operate and they won't be allowed to publicly operate anymore. Yeah, because it proves that they, they haven't beaten the public. Correct. So you understand how dangerous it is. We're not talking about a dick measuring competition. Sure. China didn't beat poverty and it hurts Chinese people. Yeah, that's the people who suffer the most at the end of the day are the poor Chinese people. Yes. Yeah. Um, Arodia says, do you think China will actually try to invade Taiwan soon? Um I guess it's playing off of that whole what was it what was it again the six year yeah estimate yeah exactly. uh, what do you do you actually think so what that they're going to invade yeah no I don't think so either I, I think, never thought so I mean look this the thing is they 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 want Taiwan for a number of reasons probably the most the biggest reason is because they have all those chip manufacturing plants. They're the world's biggest chip manufacturer. They have an amazing culture. They still have a lot of the treasures, the so-called. They, they actually call Taiwan the treasure island because when the you know KMT fled, they took a lot of the actual like yeah. treasures the from museum. Beijing and museums and stuff. Thank God that they did, by the way, because the stuff that remained in mainland China got destroyed by Mao Zedong and his crazy, Thank greatly goodness. backwards and cultural devolution. They actively went out and destroyed old artifacts. They burned old scrolls. They destroyed temples. Anything that was like the old China was destroyed. So it's a good thing that they took those things. I don't think they were stolen. I think they were saved. They were rescued from mainland China. So you find a lot of the old ancient, you know, Ming Dynasty, Qing Dynasty, all this crap in Taiwan. It's on display in museums and things. So there's a lot of the old treasures. Um, never, never mind the fact that they've just got better food and cooler everything else. But if China were to invade, they'd probably end up bombing and destroying most of that crap anyway. So it wouldn't really work out in their favor. No. So they have to try and win it by diplomacy, which is and just it's not possible. Failing too yeah. deeply. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. They might. They they might get pushed to the point where they do it anyway, just sure. because they want to save face or something. Sure. But it won't be accepted. No. David uh, Pei, I'm sorry, I missed your thing. He says there's Zhongguo and there's Zhonggong, which means yeah. like the Chinese Communist Party versus sure. China. They're yeah. different. They are very yeah, different. Very different. Yeah. 
Um, Dustin Pearson, how you doing, man? Is there a yeah. vetted reputable organization that helps critical needs of impoverished acting in China, national or independent to donate to? And that's something I've had a problem with. Yeah. There are, it's usually religiously affi affiliated, but there are religious organizations that operate covertly within China to do yeah. that kind of stuff. At and great it, risk. But and it's great that they do that. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of it is missionary work, which I get a lot of is conversion, but sure. I don't mind... For the most part, because at the end of the day, um, a lot of them are doing the necessary charity that just really can't operate in China anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we can find, we got cut off. I used to donate to a, a village that really touched me. Mm -hmm. And I, I got completely cut off from them. They weren't allowed to accept money from me anymore. Right. That was a personal thing that happened. We, we were donating to people that we don't want to mm -hmm. rat out right now. Yeah. Um, that you found yeah absolutely we ended up we can't donate to them anymore because yeah. of political pressure so it's yeah. been tough um unless you have really personal contacts the only per people i can really recommend donating to is not to do with humans it's to do with dogs because those guys that um, sure. like no dogs left behind or whatever they're they're rescuing the the food dogs and stuff yeah but that's not not answering your question the thing is i know those people personally so i that's, can vouch that's a, for yeah them. um every Every charity organization in China that I've come across has at least the potential to be corrupt that's where you're the going problem. to lose your money. And that's the issue. Um, I, I mean, this kind of crap doesn't... This whole, like... When I was growing up, it was very popular to um, sponsor an African... Starving mm -hmm. African child as well. That's all bullshit too, you know? There's a ton of bullshit going on there. I know because I lived in Africa. And even us growing up in South Africa, we're like bombarded with that, like, let's help a starving African child. And although they are proper legitimate organizations a lot of it's a bunch of bullshit and they have like a a team of people that will draw fake drawings from these kids and like just send them mail them sure out yeah and pocket the money but the fact that there are legitimate ones is the yeah. difference about china yeah it's so difficult because it's so opaque that's my thing is like yeah. you don't actually know you don't know if the, the money's ever going to get there so when we used to travel around rural china we would often like you know just on the sly like slip a bit of money in their bowl or whatever and try and do things that kind of like stuff that. it was all personal stuff and we've yeah. kept in contact we we donated a ton of ppe yeah uh right at the beginning of the outbreak and we you guys helped out a little bit with that too yeah, yeah. um and look so they, yeah, exactly. still but the we answer, help people the, we help the answer people to your china, question so. is i'm sorry we cannot give you a reliable yeah um, place out of yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mr. Combine, do you guys ever going back on uh, China Uncensored? Yeah, why not? Well, we've been on the, the China Unscripted, not China Uncensored. And we've been on there like um, twice. I was on China Uncensored. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah. Sorry. The other week. He said you guys, not oh, you. St I'm still part of the guy. That's true. I'm <laughs> one of the guys. Yeah. Magna Beef says Final Fantasy 14 is best Final Fantasy. Isn't that an MMO? I don't know. It's Huh? Hmm. I played... Every Final Fantasy. 13 was except, terrible. I know that one. Except, yes. I, that's one of the only ones I didn't finish. Mm. I played every one except for the... Um, I did play the um, the original MMO 11. We'll have to look into it. Yeah. We'll get back to you on that one. Maybe Thank he's you. trolling. Maybe yeah. he's being serious. Maybe. Uh, Chris LD. Keep up the good work, guys. We're absolutely behind you. Shouts from Yorkshire, you. UK. Much appreciated. Uh, Jan Fauska says, Sorry for being away for a while. I was lucky to see homeless poor IEs or beggars at train bus stations in towns close to Shanghai. But I'm close by how fast and far they build new metro lines, like in Hangzhou, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they do build infrastructure projects fast. So that's something to be awed by, but at the yeah. same time, at what expense? Sure. You know, like sustainable growth is different than being awed at like putting a, a rail line up. Yeah. Sustainable growth is a very different thing. There's a reason developed countries do things slowly. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Dievo, what kind of camera would you guys uh, bring on a motorcycle trip other than a GoPro and a drone? We've been using for the longest time um, Canon, uh, not Canon, Sony. what am I saying? Sony Handycams. Uh, the Sony 4K Handycam. AXP 55. AXP 55. AXP 55 is what we use. It's 4K. It's got incredible stabilization, battery That's life. That's the one with the projector. The, the one in America that you can buy is called AXP 30 or something. Yeah, it's a But just look up a Sony 4K Handycam. That's yeah. all you need. It's got a gimbal in it's, it. It's been so reliable. I think we bought them for conquering northern China. We're using it now. Yeah, that's actually what we're streaming You're looking on at one of them. Um, and it does 4K and it does very good uh, 1080. Yeah. And it's rugged and it's very good. We yeah, take it around for all it. this stuff. But I'm going to be honest with you now. The, the new phones, like the newest iPhones iPhone and things, 12 Pro if, Max. Yeah, if you can get your hands on one of those really expensive phones, they do almost as good, yeah. if not better. So you great. Know, you're going to carry it around with you anyway. The thing is, I, the reason I would still recommend the Handycam, Sony mm. 4K Handycam, is because of the zoom. Yeah. So if you want to zoom in on details and stuff, that's yeah. just something you can't get with a phone. Yeah. And it's still, at the end of the day, going to be better picture quality, it's, especially in low light. Yeah. Well, no. In the, low light. No, no, no. In low light, it's worse. You think so? Yes, oh, compared to the new iPhone 12? Yeah, it's worse. Yeah, I suppose. In low light, right. it's worse. But that doesn't matter. It's stabilization and the fact that you can just pull it out and record and you can put a massive SD card in there and it just goes. And the best thing is it doesn't overheat or anything. And we've taken them through some harsh conditions. Yeah. My one still works. I use yeah. it all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what we suggest. Yeah. Uh, Mark Little says, how long would it take for Elon Musk to discover the CCP is stealing him blind? I mean, he's not stupid, right? He must know what's going on. Sure. There must be something else in it. We don't, yeah, that we don't he probably understand. is willing to. A lot of companies are willing to allow yeah. that to happen. It's true. Because it uh, works to their to the advantage market. if they get access to the market. So yeah. He's also more one of those people that's like, screw it. Like everyone's technology is everyone's stuff. You know. Uh, the thing is, remember with the Chevy Spark? Um, yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 they made a Q, the QQ, Cherry QQ, an exact copy of the Chevy Spark. Exact copy. You can take the doors off of a Chevy Spark, put it on a QQ. Everything is interchangeable. So they made this exact copy uh, and started selling it in China. And of course, it sold very well because it was like the cheapest car. It's one of the most buy, common cars right? you'll see. Yeah, at least it used to be. Not, used not to anymore. Be. Not right? so much now. Yeah, because it's too poverty yeah. for most people. Anyway, so they. They're selling this knockoff, and uh, Chevy is like, screw this, and they try to sue um, uh, Cherry, which, again, Cherry, Chevy, it's just the logo's almost the same, the name's almost the same. It's not with two R's, it's just one R. Yeah. So it's ridiculous, right? So Cherry QQ is the Chevy Spark. They try to sue them, but the backlash that they got from, like, the suing, because they they riled up the nationalists, and this is their biggest weapon, is they're like, this company, Chevy, this General Motors or whatever, hates China. They're trying to, you know, like attack our Chinese companies. And so everybody started to boycott General Motors products. So General Motors was like, you know what? Forget about it. We're not going to sue you. So they capitulated. They allowed the Chinese company to steal their IP, steal their car, sell their car, a copy of their car for like peanuts, lose that entire segment of the market just because they didn't want to lose the rest of the market. Yeah. So I think that that kind of motivation is probably what Elon Musk's doing is he's probably like, you know what? They're stealing my battery technology. They're going to steal my car technology. They're going to steal all this, but I can still sell Tesla inside China. Right. Something like that. Sure. That's a good point. Uh, Thomas, have you ever think about coming to Austria? Riding besides the Danube and Wachau would be amazing. Uh, I also ride myself and own an Airbnb there. Would love to, I should say, BMB. 
be yeah. there. Would ha mm -hmm. uh, be happy to welcome you as my guest. Thank you, man. Appreciate Absolutely, it. we'd love, we'd to, love to do that. Yeah. Koala. When this is all over, we'll look you up. Koala, twelve o three. Uh, thoughts on Botswana, Winston? I was very young when I went there, so my thoughts are very blurry. John, but I remember the toilets weren't as bad as China. <laughs> John Ratfink, mm -hmm. uh, take my money for nothing. Okay, thank you. Clever to say. Just kidding. I'm uh, wondering if you're going to do a video on Chinese tongs in U.S. That would be interesting, like Zhongguo Tong mm. or tongs, like maybe talking about tong. triads. Oh, I I don't know. I will look, we'll look into that. Rum Runner, y'all mentioned that you won't go to Cambodia because the CCP agents make it unsafe. Are there other countries where the CCP has that much control? Cambodia is definitely top on the list for that. Uh, it is just a vessel state Hong for the Kong. CCP. Hong Kong. Um, that's fully absorbed. I'm trying to think. Lao, I, I probably wouldn't go to Laos now. Yeah. Uh, Laos has been fully sure. integrated into China, more or less. Right. Uh, other than that, mm, I mean, North Korea, but that's a joke. Yeah. Other than that, no. I think you'd be fine. Most countries don't want to get egg on their face to like, if they did the CCP's bidding, it would be massive news. Sure. And it would look really bad if they were doing like assassin work for them. Right, right. Case closed 93. Do you agree South Africa has always been a one-party state? Um, first the Nationalist Party and then the ANC. I mean, to a degree. But the fact that you do have other parties there that can at least go and debate, you know, and go out there. you got the, the, the Democratic Party and the various the EFF and all that nonsense. I mean, you do have different parties, so they can go out there and do their rallies and stuff. I suppose from that point of view, no. But from the point of view of actual control over the country, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Eleven says, "Why Jiao Bu X?" Um, I don't know what what the joke is here. Mm. Do you know? No. I'm, I'm, the Why Jiao Bu means the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Yeah. Um, oh, and this is Gang Jiao Bu. I just thought you repeated Gang Jiao Bu. <laughs> yeah. It means like the anal department. Yeah, yeah uh, that's what it is. Yes. Then. Okay, now I get the joke. Okay. CNC engineer, mm -hmm. <laughs> just a suggestion. Looking into problems into the U.S. may broaden your channel and perhaps a new perspective on China's corruption and also make you guys appear less biased. Just my two cents. Also, I give charity on Thanksgiving. See, we do. Yeah. It's just that our focus is on, on China, right? There's yeah. enough channels out there that completely are dedicated to American politics. And bashing America. It doesn't mean we don't whatever. understand it. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't look into it. And we we do, talk about We this. include it. I mean, yeah. when I did my thing about the girl eating a rat or whatever, I showed that we, you know, showed footage that we Yeah, we went took, to Skid Row to show how we awful took in it was. Skid it was Row horrible. to show the homeless people. It was people. horrible. Yeah. We're not hiding anything. That's the thing. And sometimes comparisons are necessary, but not yeah. really all the time. When you're talking about a specific problem in China, it doesn't help always to have to have a counterpoint because that's this whataboutism thing isn't correct if somebody is on fire and you say that man is on fire it doesn't help to say that man is on fire but you know what so's that guy and that other guy that i met 10 years ago he was on fire too no right now that man's on fire it needs to be dealt with so you know it doesn't always need to be compared with other stuff that makes sense sure i agree <laughs> oh man our moderator got rid of a thing he said more like ko jiao bu <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you get rid of that mod? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Um, O'Connell, 07. Love your work, guys. Greetings from Ireland. Enjoy a beer from me ahead of St. Patrick's Day. Oh, Thank St. You. Patrick's Day is coming up. Eh? Yeah, that's right. That's Thank cool. you. Appreciate it. Septarshi Sengupta again. Do older people in China who have lived through the war love the CCP simply because it provided respite from the chaos and anarchy of the warlord era? Mm, it's more like they don't have a choice. Mm. And you kind of just realize that every leadership in China is going to be shit. And you're going to have to chikul, like eat bitter, suffer, basically. 
Yeah, you also have to realize that the people that survived through all of that are usually the people that were willing to go along with the Communist Party. You know, you have to understand that when you're living in a in a situation where ratting out your relatives, um, you it's know, rewarded, yeah. is rewarded, uh, serving the government, doing dastardly things for the government is rewarded. Uh, everyone's starving, and you know, you have to fight to basically survive. It's usually the cunning, tougher, more meaner people that survive in a situation like that. Because if you've got a guy who's altruistic and helping people and things like that, uh, and doesn't believe in what's going on with the communists or something, he'll be the first target, you know? Anyone who's there is soft is gonna be basically taken care of. And all you have left are the real tough nails. And they're the people that are probably more apt to defend and agree with the communist party at the end of the day, because they're, got through that if that makes any sense sure mm. yeah david pay says we could start a movement or petition to congress mm. thomas f says hey winston did you experience the so-called mandela effect when living in south africa when he died no i don't think i was in south africa when he died no yeah i'm pretty sure i wasn't when did he die anyway it shows you how much like, I, oh, I care about this nine stuff. or something let's see when i'll read the next did one canadian greg on a lighter note can you discuss vietnamese thai food uh, we love vietnamese food i i kind of like thai food i'm not gonna say it's my favorite what he died that? in 2013, 2013. I'm sorry. yeah sorry i wasn't there so no we were both in china everybody was concerned there'd be a, a civil war when he died but luckily it didn't uh, transpire yeah um been to both countries and love the food you both hated on the food a few years back seem to have changed your mind after the vietnam visit i'll tell you why uh, I've been to Vietnam three times now. Mm. The first two times I did not have a good experience of the food. But the third time we spent most of our time in Hanoi, which is mm. a developed city. Sure. The first time I went to Vietnam, I rode t top to bottom on a two-stroke war, like Vietnam War era motorcycle, obviously in very underdeveloped areas. Sure. So we were in Hanoi. There's a lot of really good food in Hanoi, sure. very cheap too. Uh, Thai food, I still maintain. Thai food, I'm like. It's lemongrass, dude. That's... I'll say this. Vietnamese food is better than Thai food. Yeah. Lemongrass. Yeah, lemongrass. That's what kills it. It's like lemongrass, lemongrass and awful. coconut and dude. Uh, it's... It, put it in like sunscreen or something. Don't put it in <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coconut lemongrass. tastes fine, but when you mix it, especially with lemongrass, it tastes like soap. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. lemongrass does taste like it's soap. It's lemongrass. That's what ruins Thai food for me. Yeah, me Everything too. else is fine. And like rice in a pineapple or whatever, I don't know about that, but it's. I guess it's fine. Sure. You know, a pad Thai <laughs> tastes good. Sure. Um, Magna beef. Totes not trolling. It's an MMO, but it's story focused. One. Oh, I heard it's supposed to be amazing. All right. Uh, it focuses on MMO length and structure for deep character and story development. We'd absolutely play that. We should Definitely. probably yeah, look into it. We'll it. But we don't have. Shot. We use Max, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll fix yeah. it. Linda Hunter. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Linda. I've, I always love hear, hearing from you. Uh, hey, fellows. Sea milk. Please comment on my observation that your hair looks like an echidna on your channel's graphic, and it absolutely does look like an echidna. Echidna. I think I look like Knuckles, don't I? <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Linda. Uh, Sander. CCP needs to lay out the soy sauce. Their tears are so salty. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Sick burn. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Rose Jones. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Wow, guys, that was a very, very long uh, Q and A session. Yeah. But uh, we but very appreciate much it. appreciate the it. questions. Love answering them. Hope. Hope we've answered them properly for you. Uh, we can't wait to see you in the next one. Um, please stick around tomorrow. The, not stick around. Please jo join me on my channel tomorrow where I talk about why it's a bit of a farce to think that uh, the world should work with China. China. It's about time China should work with the world. It's mm -hmm. their turn now. Um, don't forget to check out Seamilk's video that he released yesterday. It's Did it sell about the forced uh, YouTube channels that just popped up out of nowhere where Chinese government officials are going to film Happy Xinjiang people. I'm so happy. 
I'm a happy Uyghur. It's, it's ter- very terrible. scary and weird. Uh, it's it's all forced horrible stuff. We were thinking about maybe even making a small segment here For on the while, podcast just to, just to like play. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. We're going to play like one of these forced things, like different every time, obviously. It's short, so we'll play like a short one and we'll we'll break it down for you because there's a lot of a lot of things that we noticed looking at those uh, videos that he was looking at. For instance, the the decor, the fact that they've taken people and put them in beauty spas and places like that to film them. You can tell it's a beauty spa. It's not someone's house. And they've got like picture frames on the wall that haven't even had the, the packaging removed off of them and stuff. There's a lot of things that we've noticed and we've got a lot of insight. So we thought maybe we'll do a short segment. Maybe. And it helps spread awareness yeah. about the Uyghur genocide. And yeah, we might make it a segment that, that just includes any kind of ridiculous uh, propaganda sure. like that. So we'll look at that. Cool. Cool. And uh, that's it, really. Next week, you get another ADV China um, on Monday because we're doing that bi-weekly. And then Worthless Whips on Tuesday. Can't wait to see you guys in all of our channels. And hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and a great weekend and all that kind of nonsense. Yes. And until then, you know the drill as always. I'm not going to cut myself off this time. Stay all.